0: I mean like it's so overdone to talk about, you know, Thanksgiving and the holidays, especially on this podcast where you have already done that. But uh do you main uh, any what's your Thanksgiving food main?
1: <laughs> uh I would say it's it's a complicated relationship. It would normally okay. be stuffing, but the stuffing that I grew up with and the stuffing that I liked um is no longer like made at our Thanksgiving. Hmm. Um it just like you know, like with with you know things passing. It was it was like my my grandma's recipe, and it was like one got of my it, favorite things. But it. also like you know, it had like meat in it. It was Ooh. cooked in the bird, which isn't necessarily the most safe way to cook your stuffing and stuff like <laughs> sure, that. Sure. A lot of variables that, as we get smarter as a society, we probably don't want to put ourselves through anymore. Yep. But I like the I like the danger. I liked it, you know. Uh, I but, I do. Um. My uh. My main. Uh, to like nowadays is uh, oddly enough mashed potatoes because there's nothing wrong with a good dollop of mashed potatoes on your plate
0: just I mean I'll say this popular pick but like sometimes what's popular is great
1: yeah you know like, like that yeah
0: no not at all uh, are you a are you a gravy kind of guy
1: yeah, so my sister made this, this, this makes this kind of like I, I guess all gravy is technically homemade, but like she the, she does the next level gravy. It's not just brown gravy. She like caramelizes onions first and then oh. put the stuff in there, oh. and it just gives it this like extra little bit. And I will lather that on everything.
0: That sounds incredible. I mean, really uh, I'm a th- I'm a stuffing main personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I used to not really like um, used to not really like mashed potatoes, but I have since outgrown such childish distaste and now um, I'm a fan. <laughs> I, I would say that that my secondary though, like you know if 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 uh stuffing is like taken by someone else, I'm going uh green bean casserole. What
1: well, you mean uh, like someone just takes all of the stuffing?
0: I was using like a video game metaphor like yeah, I was oh, trying to it. continue you were doing. <laughs> But like also like let's say <laughs> let's say I'm at like a giant Thanksgiving table and yeah. there was only a little bit of stuffing and it like makes the rounds and I get there and it's just like, you know,
1: nothing. a little piece
0: of bread, a yeah. little uh little bit of I don't know what goes on time what goes on there like uh, uh that spices sure herbs?
1: yeah uh celery i know celery is a major ingredient in sometimes sure sometimes yeah, yeah. uh yeah.
0: but yeah th- then i'm Bread. going green bean casserole
1: yeah um, i also um i'm also a pretty big fan of mac and cheese however mm. um our spread does not have mac and cheese which is now that i'm sitting here thinking about it it's probably something we should fix
0: well, I mean like I don't associate Thanksgiving with mac and cheese, but I know that the Pilgrims did and <laughs> according to the books I read as a kid about the first Thanksgiving, which I know were 100% accurate.
1: Yeah, nothing wrong with them. Um
0: no, 100% great. Yep. <laughs> um It's a fucked up holiday. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh we're going to talk about video games and not just food, so let's get to that. Is it box? What's in the fucking box? What's going on? Welcome back to Hitbox episode. Guys, gals, everyone who's doesn't associate with either, maybe in between, or has their own gender identity, it's episode number 69. Most nice. podcasts dream of making it to episode number
1: 69. Yeah. Um, most, most things dream.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. A, let's just talk about the number 69 for a moment. Removed from its... <laughs> removed from the lovemaking act. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those nice little... Uh, uh, the number, not the
1: act. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: It's just one of those when it appears in the wild, you're like, "All right, you know what? We're gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay." It's like uh, there is a um, local Asian grocery store that was called like FM Asian Mart, um, but all the letters in it in, in its sign were were knocked out for like a year and a half. Might have been because of COVID that it just didn't get fixed.
1: But it I just doubt said it was COVID. It was probably just. It <laughs> just said F. Dramatic irony
0: and then all dark and then art and like it's just one of those things that's, <laughs> yep, yeah. that's just like man we're gonna be all right so yes this this episode is episode number 69 thank you for joining us for this very special occasion uh my name is peter hunt spatek and joining me today as always to just enjoy the number uh, <laughs> my good friend justin mackovich how are you justin
1: I'm doing great. I'm I'm actually very also thankful that that we're going to be uh, talking about like a real topic today instead of like a uh, we we generally we're, were throwing we some it, we ideas around. We had a 69 around. topic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, that's going to be so. reserved
0: for 70. Yeah, <laughs> but, we'll um, move
1: that one, and push it back a little bit. Yeah, or maybe for uh for episode 169, which isn't quite as fun, but
0: what's the one? Just another. Part? It's
1: the, yeah, just a like the a, uh, you know.
0: It's a. It's a painting on the wall. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really <laughs> large painting. Um, we're going to move on. <laughs> Justin, before we get to to talking about specific video games that we've been playing, i uh, just going to take a quick rundown as to what we're talking about today. We're talking a lot about Dark Souls today because uh, it's been popular. Do you hear about this Dark Souls game? <laughs>
1: uh, uh, I, I think, yeah. It's that, It's like, yeah, it's pretty pretty big. Pretty big. Yeah,
0: well, well, Justin, believe it or not, it has been named the ultimate game of all time by... Uh, the Golden Joystick Awards, but we'll get into that a little bit later. And we're also going to be talking about another award show. We're going to be doing our Game uh, game Awards predictions, looking at the nominees, going through what we think is going to win, what should win, all that sort of stuff and more. But before we get there, Justin, what you been playing? Anything fun? Anything new? Anything exciting?
1: I don't know about exciting. Um, I beat Hitman 3. Okay. But like there's like an asterisk by the beat it like i finished all the main story missions to it um but i I got through like the first three like playing them how you were meant to play them you know like going through getting the disguises sneaking around finding the best way to do it but i kind of lost my patience when i started the fourth one not because the fourth level was a bad level it was just like at a certain point i'm like I don't I don't wanna just sit here and watch these patterns anymore of these guards. I'm just gonna pull up this gun and start shooting people yeah, and fortunately, the last level encourages that kind of play style so it's actually kind of fun that 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 was uh what happened but um yeah it's I think it's a good game. I just don't um at a at a certain point once the story of quote-unquote story the the base objectives are done i don't have a lot of motivation to go back and just explore the sandbox and i think that's where a lot of the people who love this game love this game because of that kind of stuff yeah um but it just you know ultimately didn't grab me enough to make me want to do that plus there's so many things out i feel like i've experienced it i understand it i like I got it you, phil yeah yeah just the it's- thanksgiving
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> topical I've heard that it's like a, a violent, untitled goose game, <laughs> <Kind> <laughs> where, of actually. where it's kind of like, a, yeah, you know, stealthy, but also like you just cause a mayhem.
1: Yeah, you're and you're just trying to like you know get by, and like it's very obvious like where the guards are positioned. And, yeah, you know, even even being with the um the the basic six levels that they have, they all have a very different like conceit behind them mm-hmm. about like what you have to do. Um, so it's not like you're just like killing a target. It's like sometimes you have to kill targets within a limited number of time, or sure. you have to uh, you you don't know how many targets there are. You have to find the targets in the map while as you're going through. Um, so it starts off randomly, and you got to like find out where they are. Um, so like, there's a lot of just like different stuff that it makes it pretty fun. Um, but yeah, it's I appreciate the fact that this game did not take me 25 hours to to beat though it could easily take me that long and even longer if i played hitman one and two content on there
0: sure and and i think they they're doing like um pretty frequent updates to their they've got like a whole season of sins where like each update is a different like one of the seven deadly sins Yeah. To my knowledge. So like what I'm trying to say is like there's a lot to it.
1: There's even new content that I could go back and play if I would like to. Um, But uh, I, I think my ultimate review of it is that Deathloop was more fun to play. Sure. and it's a very okay. similar similar enough kind of wheelhouse thing to me mm-hmm. that if I was going to go back and really explore this thing more I'd rather go back to Deathloop than Hitman 3 but again Hitman 3 is a great game and if you can get it for anywhere from 20 to 30 bucks uh now still probably uh, you know do it yeah yeah no that that makes sense i uh last week i said that i would have finished persona 5
0: royal at by the time we're speaking yeah, now, you promised. You promised. I, did, I promised, and unfortunately, I broke the promise because, weirdly enough, um, during the holidays, despite the fact that you might you might have a little bit more free time, some of that free time is is taken up by holiday stuff and family stuff and go figure that sort of thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've not finished it. I'm in the final stretch. I, I would assume that I will have it beaten by next week, unless some <laughs> well, major plot twists happen, But yeah, uh, or it, it, unless all of my time gets eaten up. I, I have gotten that final trophy for um, like the final optional trophy. So I just have two more and it's just getting through the end of the game.
1: That's pretty awesome. How is the new content so far?
0: It's good. It's cool. I mean, like um, it's more, you know, it's it's more of that game, which I think is great because that game is great. Um, I think without wishing to spoil anything, I think, the fact that it takes place all after the original persona five doesn't like diminish it at all, but it does sort of take a little bit of the punch away from the ending of persona five. Cause it's like, mm. cause the, the ending of persona five, like ties a nice bow on things. Um, and Royal kind of is like, but also, <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, but what if also this other sort of smaller story happened? Um, but no, it's, it's, it is good. And it's nice because like, I have been waiting for a lot of this stuff for a lot of like this story payoff for some of the characters that were introduced right at the beginning um, to happen now. So it's good. It's, it's very good. Even
1: I'd say Uh, it, it, is it like fill in some of the gaps uh, between that and strikers? So strikers does not,
0: I I don't know what's canon (laughs) because (laughs) I assume that strikers is the canonical sequel to persona five it does not take like it does nothing about persona five royal is in strikers
1: oh interesting okay
0: yeah so like the new characters aren't in it that ending like the original persona five ending is the ending that they go off of in got it strikers it's
1: like you're playing one of the my hero academia movies
0: are those also not canon? i've not watched those. i don't know
1: if they're canonical or not but they're like always like aside things that are not necessarily like ever referenced again (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't like I yeah, I hope I hope the royal stuff is referenced again cuz I it's it seems like Atlas isn't necessarily done with like the characters from Persona 5 as we've gotten the spin-off dancing game and yeah. Persona 5 Strikers and royal and like all and that, that, that sort of stuff. that Switch
1: port, right? We got that Switch port too. You know, came, came out I'm a couple ho- days ago.
0: I, I would say like I'm hoping but like I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like I'm, I've gotten my fill. Uh it could, it could probably run just fine. I wouldn't like. I know Strikers was on the Switch, but that seems like a nightmare on this. Like, I don't think the Switch would handle that very well.
1: Oh, you didn't play it? You played it on? I played it on the PS4 or the okay. PS5, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I traditionally the Switch is not the most robust and powerful when it comes to dealing with uh, you know, anything, like a hundred enemies on screen <laughs> at once, <laughs> like just to name something, or like whatever. But also, I beat Ghost of Tsushima. Ooh. I did again not wishing to spoil anything damn what a good ending yeah damn i mean just like what a great game
1: um so when you say you beat it like the dlc stuff too like all of it or just like the main story
0: so i just i beat the main story uh because of work stuff i think i don't have to touch the Key island expansion stuff for work so that might just be for peter <laughs> like like i might just be doing <laughs> that on his side um but yeah, so so I, I finished the main quest of it and then I have to, I, I'm not done with it for work. I still have to wrap up some other stuff. But uh, geez, what a what a great narrative. And um, the ending that I got made me choke up and have to kind of do one of those <clears throat> uh, tears out of my eyes because <laughs> it's a, a good ending.
1: Emotional ending. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to ask you uh, later about which ending you're talking about, Um, like what you did, but uh, yeah, good game. And and I I think my only criticism of that game and its story is that they have this illusion of choice with the gameplay versus the narrative that isn't really there. Like Mm -hmm. you can play the whole thing, combat, honorable the whole time, and it doesn't matter right and they the, still the are overall like overall story yeah why, why are you being it. the ghost yeah i'm well not <laughs> right right um but. yeah I,
0: I totally see that and um i agree <laughs> but as as someone who played it you know mixes stealth and honor uh i got a lot out of the narrative yeah i see here you're playing pokemon shining pearl
1: Yes, I did. So um, I uh, purchased the brilliant diamond and the shining pearl, um, and I presented the choice uh, to my fiance with what she wanted to pick. Um, and can you guess why she picked the one she picked?
0: I mean, I'm just thinking about like the boxes. You got you got Dialga on on there, and maybe it's like a cooler look than Palkia. The or fact I, that
1: you knew both of those Pokemon's names, I am impressed, my friend, um,
0: Justin those were the first ones on the Nintendo DS and after (laughs) discovering that I loved Pokemon video games by playing Pokemon Sapphire on the Nintendo Game Boy Advance SP um I was like well I gotta get into I gotta play Pokemon Pearl that's one I had uh and, and I didn't like it very
1: much I thought it was fine um um, so well she picked the diamond because um as a newly uh, minted fiance, um, sure. diamond, there that, you that go. is appropriate to have another diamond to her collection. So yeah. That, that's how we went with that. Um by the way, both of these, these, these dudes look pretty similar to each other. <laughs> <laughs> like these... you, you got
0: Dialga's like sharper and Palkia's kind of like rounder, smoother.
1: Yeah. One looks like they would accept pets, the other one looks like you shouldn't pet it.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I would say that Palkia looks like it could you could pet it.
1: Which it's one's Palkia?
0: The per- the pink one from Pearl.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could pet that one. Good little back area. Yeah. Di-
0: Diogo's yeah. got a lot of sharp edges to
1: him. Yeah, yeah. It would be dangerous, too. But yeah, so I've been playing the, uh, the Shining Pearl, and um, I am going to stick with my opinion that this is not one of the better Pokemon games. Justin, it's interesting. It sounds
0: like that's <laughs> the general opinion about, like, that people like this generation, but this remake is not, like... It's just a one for one remake, essentially. Yeah, with some. And
1: I I think like part of the problem with the game is the remake is fine. Like I think like the remake stuff, like they do enough to make the game better. I think than the old versions, but the I think it's paced super poorly as a game itself and the story. Um, I played about nine hours and I only just got through the third gym. Ooh, and like. That's not me like taking my time and doing every little side thing. that's me trying to do this pretty well, yeah, uh, pretty quickly uh, because they also do a really bad job of like unlocking progression in the game um with like certain like, important things like the mystery gift function doesn't get unlocked until nine hours in and some people Mm. might might be like why is a mystery gift an important thing for you um it's not that it's an important thing but it's literally you get um the version i got of shining pearl and brilliant diamond had 200 pokeballs that came with it and you cannot unlock those extra pokeballs until you get to the nine hour mark of the game (laughs) that's (laughs) which is stupid yeah right like that's just dumb um but uh, the quality of life stuff, I think, make this game a lot better. And even though, though this game is slower, um, I'm a fan of the experience share. I think the experience share makes the game a lot better because I don't have to grind all my Pokemon to get to like level. Um, yeah. I feel like, if anything, I'm probably a little bit overleveled because of the experience share. Um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, this has been, I think, a feature since Sun and Moon, or maybe uh, not Sun and Moon.
0: Experience share? Yeah. Oh, it's been around for a long time
1: um and basically it's just uh, by default one your pokemon in the front gets more experience and everyone else gets a little bit less but still a significant amount so you level them up pretty quickly um which is nice because it that makes catching a magikarp with your old rod at the beginning of the game really helpful because by the time you actually need a gyarados it's already evolved yeah um so like i think that just makes it a lot faster because none of the stuff i'm doing is grindy like i'm not going through a grassy field and just like fighting and looking for the same pokemon over and over again Mm -hmm. they also like in this version have no there's no need for like having your uh bidoof that is filled with all of the hm's so you can use like cut and rock smash and stuff they just make it like it's now a tm um, but once you unlock that TM and can do, use it from the gym, uh, you just walk up to it and then you like call someone in, just like you did uh, starting with um, uh, Sun and Moon.
0: Haven't you seen that uh, <laughs> that a majority of the Pokemon that you call in are Bidoof?
1: Yeah, it's so funny. Like they, <laughs> yeah. it's it just it's just like that little like clever like funny. It's 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 a little it's in like joke. a good reference. They get um, it.
0: You get it. Have you so seen? Um, oh, sorry. Have you seen? Okay. So like. In the top right corner, you have the Poketch, which is yeah. which used to be the bottom screen of the DS. Yeah. Have you seen that the calculator is completely broken? No. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, someone posted this on Reddit. Uh, this is user Corn4D. Okay. Uh, on r slash Pokemon. So this is just a quick video, um, and and I'm going to read this out to you, the numbers out to you as they go. So they type in ten divided by five equals. Two, got it 10 divided by 4 equals zero zero 002 clear mm-hmm. 7 divided <laughs> by 3 equals question mark
1: <laughs> no <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> 2.3 uh, oh so they put 2.3 and then they're just hitting a bunch of r- random numbers and every single time they hit a new number all of the numbers that they have just randomized like, it's completely 100% does not work. Well, and if you I try mean, and do any math with that, it just gives it all, like, it's crazy.
1: To be fair, though, the the fact that you have a calculator on this thing is just the stupidest thing ever.
0: I have to imagine that, like, in the original one, because it was, like, like what, like 2006? They had yeah. to be, like, or, like, 2004, maybe? They had to be, like, well, what would people someone want on on their watch? I don't know. Maybe, uh, you want to have the time, obviously. You want to be able to check in on your Pokemon, and then, like, I you don't know, fucking calculator. <laughs> do it
1: kids love calculators uh, I, right
0: you need that in pokemon
1: yeah i mean it doesn't it, <laughs> it's just whatever um the i think this does not miss the ds second screen feature i think the the Pogatech thing is really like just there for nostalgia purposes you don't need yeah. that in the game really at all um they have a couple of features like the finding the hidden item thing that's there but even mm-hmm. then like you don't you don't you don't yeah. need any of that stuff Uh, but I, I do think it looks pretty. Um, they allow you again with weird progression stuff after about six hours, you get to a point where you can have your Pokemon follow you in the, in the world, which is great. Yeah. But I think the one thing that my takeaway from this game is that I love what sword and shield did with their, uh, wild area and the open world and like being able to not only utilize grass if you're looking for more rare Pokemon, but like, if you see a Pokemon in the wild, running up to it, and if you want to get it, you run up to it. If you want to avoid it, you just don't run up mm-hmm. to it. Um, so I feel like a lot of like the the um, quote unquote dungeons in the game. It's just like that random encounter thing is just really frustrating to deal with again. And I don't think that like I don't think that adds to the experience of Pokemon personally. I think it just adds to the frustration. Sure. Um, and and uh, the other change uh, is in pokemon sword and shield uh tms are not one and done you can reuse them as many times as you want and they still have like these things called trs which are one-time use ones which might be a little bit more rare of move sets so they still have that like option Mm -hmm. but like specifically when i'm starting like to play the game I, i just like being able to use these tms just makes it Um, Well, only one time just makes it so much more frustrating to try to build an experiment with your Pokemon party because, Mm -hmm. you know, you either have to like save these moves until you get the team that you want or you have to like grind in the underground or grind for money in order to like purchase them or get them later. So just a a quality of life things that are almost there. Um, But I still think this is a fun game. And if you like Pokemon, hey, you got some more Pokemon to play.
0: Yeah, that'll that'll do it. Um yeah, I, I've heard similar similar things to you. I, I think I'm going to skip it. I'm a, I'm a Pokemon fan, but um, Diamond and Pearl like not my favorite generation. And from what it sounds like, it's just more of that yeah. um, with you know some of those improvements as, as you've said. But yeah, I think I'm I think I'm sitting this one out. Unfortunately, too many other things to play, too much Persona to get done. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's sad. I've already I've I started playing this on Thursday, and I'm already nine hours in.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's on the Switch, and the Switch is just so easy to pick up and and sort of lose yourself in.
1: Yep, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's an evening.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin, let's talk about Dark Souls. <sighs> Similar to Pokemon, right?
1: Um, just like it, actually. It's the it's the uh, the Pokemon is the Dark Souls of RPGs.
0: Yep, that's what they say. That's <laughs> what they say. Put <laughs> so, at the uh, at the Golden Joystick Awards, which uh, I'm actually not super familiar with, um, are, are are these a long running series of of events or what are they? Yeah, I guess the 39th, so that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So uh, if I am doing this correctly, the Girl and Joystick Awards um, are it's the people's gaming awards. So um, all of these are voted on by people online. It's not like critics. It's not whatever. It's like anyone who wants to um, can start voting for these. And they've been doing this. If I am correct, um for a freaking long time, all the way back to 1983 yeah. uh, was the first year that they did it. And just for a fun little throwback here, the game of the year in 1983 was everyone's favorite game, Jetpack.
0: Oh, Jetpack came out in
1: 1983.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I was playing that the, the other the other day.
1: Yeah, it beat out Arcadia, okay, uh, Ma- Manic Miner, okay, and The Hobbit. Now that's it's a tough year. In that's fact, a- uh, the Hobbit was was uh, it's an illustrated text adventure. It did win best strategy game of that year. Oh, that's fun. Um, but uh, it, so it's been going on for a long time. It's been fan yeah. voted on. So this year's uh, we we had another award in which Dark Souls was called a pretty cool game, huh? Yeah, so it's the ultimate game of all time,
0: (laughs) Dark Souls. And so here's a full list of nominees. Uh, So you got Dark Souls, obviously you got the original Doom, you got uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Half-Life 2, Minecraft, Street Fighter 2, Tetris, The Last of Us, Super Mario 64, Metal Gear Solid, Halo, Combat, Evolved, Super Mario Bros. 3, Grand Theft Auto 5, Portal, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, Pac-Man, Super Mario Kart, Space Invaders, SimCity from 1989, and Pokemon Go. Um It makes sense to me that the people chose Dark Souls to win out of all of these. Uh, What do you think? Dark Souls, best game of all time?
1: I don't. I see. I I don't know if it's necessarily the best game of all time. I think the fact that they call it the ultimate game of all time. I think, like, if you're looking at modern gaming, I think the Dark Souls influence is kind of is everywhere, right? Like how influential.
0: I would say it's probably one of the most influential games of all time.
1: Right, right. Which makes sense for this award. Um, But I still think like a game like Super Mario 64, like to me, that's still in terms of like getting games to be 3D and playably 3D games was such a huge and important thing. I mean, if you look at like early 3D PlayStation games, those are hard, like no offense. I know people love Crash Bandicoot, but like if the Crash Bandicoot style of 3D platformer (laughs) was what stuck Right, I I just, you know, I think Mario just completely changed what everyone believed could be done with video games. And the fact that Super Mario 64 is still ultimately playable today, um, and uh, it's still a great game today, uh, I really think that makes it stand out uh, from its peers. Not that Dark Souls is not like that. I mean, I think Dark Souls has very similar replayability stuff today, Mm -hmm. um, but I think not only genre-defying, but, like, industry-defining, um, Super Mario 64 is is clearly, to me, um, probably one of the most important games
0: I would ever. be interested to see, um, like, I'd be interested to see how Dark Souls will be remembered in 20 years or so, and, like, if we're gonna look back and say, yeah, that was actually a big turning point for video games, because, I mean, I already sort of, I mean, because the first one came out, what, 2010? yeah uh, or so or 2011 maybe um so i mean you know 10 years on the influence of that series is huge right um so i'll be interested to see even further down the line what it's remembered by if that makes sense and then mm-hmm. what like yeah if if it will have that same sort of legacy as something like you know Mario 64 or um f- I don't know. I mean, I guess the original Mario 2, which people seem to like.
1: Yeah. But even like games like Tetris are like extremely like influential, like video games and stuff like that. Like, you know, something that's so simple that that kind of like just really got so many different people into video games. Um, One interesting addition to this list is Pokemon Go. Um, I think that was like the ultimate moment in gaming that i can remember in my yeah. lifetime um in which gaming really kind of like blossomed into mainstream culture for a, a time but like i don't think like niantic and stuff have like influenced or changed video games forever because of that um, no like it was a good moment a good time and from someone who still plays pikmin bloom and everything as much as i can like it's still there um but like I, you know i i think i get why dark souls is on there i don't quite get breath of the wild why it's in there i know a lot of people say that breath of the wild is like you know people want it to be the next breath of the wild but like breath of the wild is just like iterating on 3d platformers and this kind of like hardcore stuff and if anything you might even make the the uh, the connection that breath of the wild was influenced by dark souls
0: yeah no i mean with like the parrying and and some of its more difficult moments and stuff like that yeah
1: yeah, um, I agree. And like the open nature of it too. So um, it's it's cool that they you know did something like this. They they also had um, another ultimate award. It was the ultimate uh, game hardware. Is that what it's called? Yeah, in hardware, and that yeah. was what the PC.
0: Yeah, which kind of is like, well, yeah, yeah. I'm like <laughs> yeah, what, yes. what
1: else would it be? Right. Like, cuz i mean, especially yeah. now that like your most most uh console games like sony and uh microsoft are like connected so much with uh pc gaming now uh it's only nintendo that's holding out but they probably just don't want more people to steal their roms but <laughs> i guess so um they they also had one more
0: ultimate uh, quote ultimate game uh nomination it was the ultimate game of the year so their the their game of the year was Resident Evil Village as voted by uh the people which that makes sense to me that that was Quite a good one, in my opinion, and we're going to be talking about more of that uh, when we get to looking at game awards, nominations, and stuff like that. But yes, congratulations, Dark Souls. Uh, You're not necessarily for me, but you're also not not for me. I I look forward to seeing what's next with Elden Ring. How's that?
1: Yeah, I actually am. uh, The more I think about it, the more excited I am for Elden Ring, because Elden Ring is the Breath of the Wild of Dark Souls games, which might have also been influenced by Dark Souls.
0: We're, yes it's i have to imagine that a from software game was <laughs> influenced in some way <laughs> by dark souls uh do you, do you know this some people are just fucking sick of hearing people say it's like breath of the wild or it's like dark souls and like i like listen i get it like i do understand why people would be like maybe tired of hearing that but it's almost like those as we've discussed two of the most influential games of the past 10 years
1: exactly <laughs> like, exactly like, like it, it kind of like even like the idea of the metroidvania like yeah uh, you know we just we just find ways to like try to classify things to like be it's kind of like one of those games it just kind of helps you think about what you like and what you don't like um and uh hey you know i i don't mind making my life a little bit easier
0: like that's the thing we have um tiny little monkey brains and you know what makes our you know it's helpful for our tiny little monkey brains connections and being able to say this is like this I mean, like, <laughs>
1: um, I'm just know. gonna say, you better apologize to my Chimchar for.
0: Oh my! You're nine hours in. He's still got a Chimchar. He's not an Infernape at I, this I, point.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I I evolved him.
0: What would you name him? Chimchar. You don't name. You don't nickname your Pokemon.
1: No, I get too confused. Okay. And, and and I uh, in I, if I've learned one thing That's about fair. myself in Pokemon, I'm really bad at their new the new name Pokemon because I'm just so ingrained with the original one fifty two. Yeah. So like, you know, yeah, sure I know Badoof Bidoof. Yeah, I know what that my looks man. like. Bieberle. But like but I wanna like know like I wanna make sure I know their names and I'm calling the right thing. Uh so if I name my Bidoof um uh, Scraggles, I'll be very confused forever. Sure.
0: Well if you name it Scraggles, you got, you gotta be sure you don't catch a Scraggy. Which is a Pokemon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it,
0: don't worry it's not what do you, in what do you think Gen is more
1: form. like what 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 do you think they think less about new pokemon names or new crayola color names like which one which one do they just like flip uh, a coin at a certain point
0: um i'm gonna say <laughs> color names because i believe red orange is one <laughs> that said mew too there and seal <laughs> and you know it's so i know like i know this is not a new thought it's so wild that in the original 151, they ran out of names. And just, a uh, seal? Yeah. Well, what's it gonna look like? Is it gonna be, like, a cool... Is it gonna have, like, any sort of different... No, it's just gonna look like a big old seal. It's <gasps> gonna be a seal.
1: That's it's what gonna, it he's is. gonna
0: look really happy. But, um... <laughs> congratulations, Dark Souls. And gra- congratulations, Pokemon, for... Churning out more of these guys. <laughs> Each year, churning out even more of them. Uh, Justin, do you hear... There's a new, uh... As we've said, um, <laughs> Dark Souls is quite influential. There's a, there's a game that that is has uh, come out and said like, "Hey, we're being we're, we've been influenced by Dark Souls, uh, but we're also like open world survival horror." It's called Wronged Us, and it's coming to consoles and PC. Have you heard about this?
1: Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, uh, the the trailer itself, like um, I, I would worry about an open world horror game that the scares would be kind of random and yeah. it'd be hard to be like filtered through stuff. But if, you know, open world horror game in which you're walking around a thing and creepy people are coming out at you and you have to try to avoid them. Hey, that could be fun. Works in Dark Souls, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll
1: say this. I don't think this game is for me. I mean like I it, it looks
0: too scary. <laughs> and I'm I'm, yeah. a, I'm a fan of horror, but it looks like a lot for, it looks like um horror in the same way that like Outlast is sort of like unrelenting horror. Uh that, and I can't really get on board with it just because it's a little too much for me a little too stressful to play um from this you know a minute and a half or whatever trailer it sort of feels that same way
1: but who knows i I do do have to say i i I would be lying to you if if um i didn't like tell you the truth about how i was analyzing the main character and what he was wearing um to the uh real-time experience app from blue box game studios a little, like, four-second guy yeah, walking ca- across the floor. he was kind of wearing a
0: jacket, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, so, um, you know, maybe, maybe.
0: <laughs> I was seriously, I was looking for a ban- like, I thought wronged us was in, a, in the anagram for abandoned. I mean... I couldn't, I couldn't find the A. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is being developed by uh, indie developer Delusional Studio. Um, yeah, so it's an open-world survival horror game for un- un- for unspecified consoles and PC. It's still in early development, expected to be released in 2023. Reading that directly from an article from PlayStationLifestyle.net uh, titled Open World Survival Horror Game, Wrong Dust, Announced for Consoles and PC by uh, Zarmena Khan. So, it looks cool. I mean, it looks it looks a little scary.
1: <laughs> I just want to quote from the trailer, um, The comment, one of the comments on it was, It looked interesting. So.
0: and it do it do it look interesting so black friday just uh just ended and by that i mean it was three days ago uh, <laughs> or two mm, two it depends was, on who you yeah, ask i guess
1: it happened it was there
0: and um most popular game console xbox series s i'm not surprised by this
1: yeah mainly because they were the only ones that were in stock anywhere
0: I saw, I went to a green no, 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 Target, I went to a Target, um, not on Black Friday, but in search of other items uh, yesterday, and they had two Xbox Series S's just waiting to be sold, and, and I said this, I think, last week or maybe the week before, for no reason other than I like game hardware. I do want one. I don't need one, like, at all.
1: So you but, bought I'm, two, right?
0: Yeah, I have three now coming, because <laughs> uh, I'm going to color one pink, and the other one Green, and then i keep the other one white. But uh, I, I kid, obviously. Yeah, Uh, it make this all makes sense to me. This is an article from inside, uh, BusinessInsider.com by Ben Gilbert titled, The most popular uh, game console on Black Friday 2021 isn't the PlayStation 5. It's the $300 Xbox Series S. Reads, An unlikely video game console is dominating sales of the biggest shopping days of the year. The $300 Xbox Series S console from Microsoft, according to Adobe Digital Entertainment uh, Economy Index. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's the only one that's in stock anywhere because people are wanting, you know, the Series X and the PlayStation Five. But also, that three hundred dollar price tag is like fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just like so. I was at
1: I was at GameStop on Black Friday. More on that in a second. Okay. Um, So I was there, and a woman in front of me uh, purchased a refurbished PlayStation Four, a new controller and uh nba 2k 22 for the ps4
0: yep i'm gonna say 400 dollars. right gotta it be it was
1: 470 dollars with the protection plan for two years yeah yep so w- what she could have done was buy the xbox series s <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. she could have got game pass for a year and there you have it right yep You know, like, and I think when, as I was watching her go, like, I wanted to say something, but it wasn't my place and the people and the lovely people at GameStop are probably very happy to be making this sale uh, because it's straight a profit for GameStop. But like, it just, it, it kind of like made me like, remember how casual some people are with purchasing stuff. And like, they're not like, it's not like me or you who are well informed about all these different things who are going to buy gaming systems. A lot of the times people who don't know any better are buying stuff and that's how you have you know, things happen like people buy the series S because it's the only thing in stock, even if it's not what their kid wants, or yeah. even if they buy the series S with a, a disc game, like how does that happen? Well, right. yeah. <laughs> they don't know any better. So, um, I mean, but the, I did the go to GameStop is, on Black Friday and it was bad. Do you want to know why it was bad?
0: I being in a GameStop on Black Friday. I mean, like every single word you said got worse as
1: it went on. Well, it was so dead in the GameStop that oh, really? they sent their three workers home and okay. they only had one person working there. Oh, that's so unfortunate. then when this woman comes in and is buying this Xbox, uh, this PlayStation four, yeah. and it took 20 minutes to go through all the options because boy, they were committed to upselling this woman. Um, it lit the line, a huge line form because only one person was in the GameStop. Yeah, so, that makes sense. you know, it was not a Black Friday rush. It was a Black Friday incompetence rush. Um, so that was unfortunate. But I did hear a lot of stuff about how this has been not just video game wise, but like societal wise in America, um, one of the like worst Black Fridays in terms of like getting money and like revenue in the past few years. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. And a lot of stores like weren't open on Thanksgiving um, mm-hmm. with a lot of these Black Friday sales being spread across multiple weeks. I think that's great, first of all, for the business, for the workers that they yeah. do this kind of stuff. Um, but also like when I was like I, I was around on Black Friday, it wasn't crazy out. It was normal. Yeah. And I was appreciative.
0: I'm just remembering flashback one year. I woke up at 3 a.m. Elena stayed over. I was like, hey, we're going to go see if we can get a PS5. We were waiting in line wrapped around the GameStop. We brought chairs. We're sitting there, about five, I think. Manager walks out and is like, "The first six people can get Xbox Series X's," and we have three PlayStation Fives. Everyone, <laughs> everyone past this person, can go. Home.
1: <laughs> is it right in front of you?
0: No. Oh no. Oh no. 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 I was. Like, we were like, we got there, and we like looked at each other. We we're like, "Well, we're here and this is fun, so whatever." Um. So it goes. <laughs> but, so it goes. I would say, I'll say this about the play, the Xbox Series S. That big black vent on it. If I wasn't informed, I could imagine this like, oh, that's the, that's the disc drive. Like, that's the, you know, it pops open and.
1: No, it's the speaker. You don't even need a TV for it.
0: Dude, it looks exactly like a speaker, right? I mean, like, how big is that fan? Like, it's like, the fan has to be 40% of the whole size of this thing.
1: <laughs> I mean, probably.
0: Um, it's a cool console, though. And I, for again, no reason want one, but I'm not going to buy one because literally, why would I do that? I'll buy one in like five years.
1: How's well, that? Well, I think I say like five days. Oh. No time.
0: No, Justin, we're going to devote a lot of our show to talking about this today. The game awards. What are they? Ooh, Who's best nice. dressed? Who's dress? What? Uh, no. What do they say? I I messed that up so bad. They say like who who's I'm completely beefing this to the point you do where great. I, no, keep going, I might keep just going. edit it out. You're exactly
1: beefing this. It's fine.
0: Beefing what? Um, so anyway, <laughs> Justin, that's a funny joke that only you and I are going to get. Cause I'm going to edit this out. Yeah.
1: I mean, you could really edit around this to make me sound like a complete idiot pretty easily.
0: Uh, n- this is not anything about you, but I think anyone editing, anyone speaking true can like, you just, you know, cherry pick you all the of power. The- I have, I have all the power. I do. Yeah, I do. I have the power to um, make it sound like we're coughing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I here's the thing. I I try and get a lot of those coughs out because it's pretty usually pretty clear to see where they are. Sometimes we get sneaky coughs. Yeah, but it's <laughs> like, like
1: silent almost.
0: Yeah, because because you know we have we have good mic etiquette and we're we'll, we're not coughing directly into the the freaking pop filters of these microphones. <laughs> so like we'll do it you know like facing away, uh, but that doesn't always come up really great as I'm editing so if you and also a cough, you really do a good job of, of, of,
1: of editing out all those soda can opening sounds that we constantly do every three minutes
0: or like our, our drinking noises my goodness yeah. I've heard a lot of our swallowing sounds happy episode 69 so let's talk about oh, the game awards okay <laughs> <laughs> it's a low-hanging fruit but I'll you know sometimes it's the most delicious so game awards Justin The most prestigious night in all of gaming that all the big names are gonna be there Norman Reedus Hideo Kojima. I don't think that's
1: true. I mean, well, I, Hideo Kojima is one of the the uh, board of advisors on this. Um, fun okay. fact. So.
0: Well, so he might be there. Uh, obviously, we'll be there. Like we're hosting. Jeff Keeley actually is getting sick. He texted us. He put us in a little group, and he said, "Justin, Pete, we need you. Now's the time."
1: And we're ready. I have a tux and everything.
0: Yeah, I have a tuxedo shirt, like the t shirt, like tux t shirt. Mm. You know what I mm-hmm. mean. Uh, yep. So I'm just hoping that the the camera is like really close and kind of cuts out, you know, the my arms and the rest of the rest of my body. But and um, our
1: depth perception as well, so we can't quite see. It's a 2D correct. tuxedo. Correct. So
0: yes, yes. Uh, so you can't see that. It's simply a t shirt. Maybe <laughs> I'll do it. Maybe I'll I'll put a real bow tie on to sort of, you know, make it look. Ooh, a little yeah, bigger. really
1: nice. Yeah, I like that idea. It's good.
0: Yeah. Have you ever seen a, someone wear a bow tie? No, no collared shirt
1: yeah it's not great have you ever seen someone tie a bow tie uh
0: i tried to learn i had to learn when i was in high school and i watched a video on how to do it and i said is there any way we could get like a clip-on bow tie for me because this (laughs) is quite complicated (laughs) so we just sort of tied it in a big old knot and it looked horrible cool great um was for a play you're not that close you can't see Yeah, yeah um anyway let's talk about the game awards How do you want Justin how do you want to go about this I feel like we you know obviously we're going to be talking about our predictions for what we think is going to win and then probably what we want to win because sometimes those are different Um, but how exactly do you want to go about talking about this because they have an FAQ page that sort of details some of the the awarding process are there any things on here in particular you want to go over
1: so first of all how these games come up I think is pretty interesting just so people know like specifically like where like how are they coming up with these random games so um, on their FAQ section they say how are nominees selected for the game awards and they say nominees for most categories of the game awards are chosen by an international jury of over 100 global media and influencer outlets selected for their history of critical evaluation of video games specialized juries also uh, convene for other categories including esports and accessibility each voting outlet completes a confidential unranked ballot based on their collective and diverse opinion of its entire editorial staff listing out its top five choices in each category ballots are tabulated and the five games that appear on the on the most ballots are put forth as nominees in the event of a tie six or more nominees will be announced in a category game awards producer Jeff Keeley is not a member of the jury and does not vote on the nominees or winners and I think that's an important thing because all of these nominees are not only nominees that are voted for like in like it's vetted list of of people's top games anyway but for certain of these categories like the accessibility uh categories it's not just like you or me or or like some clowns doing this it's people who are really like experts in the field of this stuff who are making these calls because if i if you ask me right now to nominate five esport players i couldn't i read the list man i wrote a (laughs) doc up that has all their names on it i could not name you five (laughs) yeah Yep, yep yep um and i think that's cool and like specifically like opposed to the golden joystick awards which is just simply based on like fan ranks and votes and stuff like that i think that does give these uh, at least some kind of clear uh, process for how this is done. Now, some people have been like, well, who are these outlets? These outlets only want the big companies to do well. I bet Microsoft is one of the outlets. Th- whatever. Like, there's still a vetting process to get these nominees. It's not just me or you listing our favorite games. Right. Um, and then the winners, um, it's uh, the back in the FAQ section of the Game Awards website. It says winners are determined by a blended vote between the voting jury, that's 90%, and public fan voting, 10%. Fans can vote for their favorite game on the GameAwards.com and also via social media platforms and select categories. In China, fans can vote on the winners via Bill B Fan voting closes on Wednesday, December eighth yeah. at six PM. So like uh they they have the fan the fans have an a, a vote here, but they're still using the outlets as like making up most of this. Um, which I think is okay because um it just I think it's focusing the voices here. So we're not just getting the games that are like the most popular or the most played we're getting, we're looking for quality. We're looking for things that are going to um, be like good voting factors. So like, do you, do you think that's okay that they don't have more fan voice in here? Uh, yeah. Yes. Cause I think you have events like the, I mean, I
0: mean, let me, let me start over. If this is the, the awards show for video games, which it is. I mean, there are some other ones, obviously like golden joysticks and whatever, but like, this is in my opinion, like the most popular, the most mainstream award show for games. So like, it is comparable to something like the Oscars or maybe like the Tonys or Grammys. And I don't know exactly how like the Tonys and the Grammys work, but I know like with Oscars, like that is not a fan vote thing. Now there's right. There's a lot of politics that go into winning stuff and, and just all that sort of thing. But I think if you want this to be a prestigious award and you want this award to mean something, I'm not saying that like, you know, popular vote isn't important, but I think that having um, a panel of people who know what they're talking about vote on something, not necessarily, not trying to say that people who vote online don't, but like you are guaranteed to have people who have like played the games know what they're talking about, understand the context of the games, understand all that sort of stuff, other than just voting for whichever ones are the most popular and the most, um, you know, th- like yeah. the biggest. Because then you could have companies like campaigning to, hey, make sure to vote our game for game of the year, or the game awards. Even if you and do that, it's you're only going to get 10%. And, correct. You know,
1: and so. one of the things too the, that, Uh, the Game Awards, one of the rules is that they can't campaign for their games anyway. So if any marketing material goes out that's that's viewed as campaigning, they could be disqualified from the award, which is, again, great. I think it's awesome because I think that's something that ruins the Academy Awards specifically are people campaigning for their things to win, and if you don't have the budget to campaign, you're not going to win an award no matter how good you are.
0: Right, right. And so, yeah, I think that um, while fan voting is great, I think that if you want to have a prestigious award ceremony as the Game Awards seems to want then you can't open it up for public voting to be the majority of the votes. Yeah.
1: All right. So with that, we're, we're just going to kind of go through these. Um, we're going to go through uh, to start because there are 30 categories and we don't want to be here for like 12 hours with everyone. Yep. Um, so the first thing is we're going to going to go through because, uh, so, uh, listener, I'm not an eSports champion. I, I don't know a lot about eSports. I don't watch eSports enough um, to call myself an eSports player. Justin you
0: f- Justin, you got hooked on maybe the biggest esport game in the in
1: Pokemon Unite, you're Pokemon right.
0: Pokemon Unite. That's gonna that's be a pretty big good game. I, I don't know if that's game. a big one. I thought they were gonna
1: say Pikmin Bloom.
0: Pikmin um, Bloom, the biggest esport. Who's doing the most steps? No you know? one wants to
1: eat a mushroom with me. There's so many mushrooms in my area that I have to have friends eat them with me. <laughs> I'm sure you could find people who wanted to eat
0: mushrooms. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure um, there are some areas of the town where you could find some people. <laughs> some anyway. corners
1: uh, all right so uh we're gonna go through uh the uh first uh kind of uh, uh what is this five categories here which are esport ones and we're gonna kind of go through them pretty quick just because um again i i this is basically blind guessing it's us. interesting
0: that you say basically because no no it's entirely <laughs> blind guess, like literally not a single part of this is going to be educated
1: so um how the scoring is going to work for this is that we are going to uh, have our predicted ones that we think are going to win the game awards, um, and if we get it right, we get a point. Um, and if we uh, don't get it right, then we don't get a point. And then for the esports stuff, though, we're just going to be as a whole these five categories. Wh- whoever of us has the most points gets one point for the esports stuff. So Perfect. this doesn't like weigh too much in everything. Perfect. So let's view all the categories and let's, let's get go started. with the best esports event. Should we read through all the nominees? Of
0: course we should read through all the nominees, Justin. Obviously.
1: The best eSport event is recognizing an event across single or multiple days that delivered a best-of-class experience for participants and the broadcast audience. Our nominees are the 2021 League of Legends World Championship, the International 2021, PGL Major Stockholm 2021, PUBG Mobile Global Championship 2020, and Valorant Champions Tour Stage 2 Masters, by the way, get better naming conventions. All of you. All of
0: these are bad. The PUBG Mobile Global Championship. (laughs) Horrible knowing it. I mean, like that can't be on purpose. Anyway, unimportant. (laughs) Um, well, you know, Justin, I know that you and I we, you know, glued to our TVs when these events were going on. Just could not get enough of them. Um, it's like the Olympics, but better, as you always say. Uh so obviously I'm going for Valorant Champions Tour stage two masters okay
1: okay um i'm gonna go f- uh for solely based on uh the images here that they show so out of all the images on the nominees i think the one that looks like it was the biggest deal was the pgl major stockholm 2021 i don't even know i was what, gonna say what does um,
0: pgl mean
1: yeah i don't even know what game this is for um but <laughs> the pgl major uh i'm, I'm literally
0: <laughs> racking my brain pgl
1: i um, like pg
0: could be Player Unknowns Battlegrounds, like you know, PubG but it would yeah, just be yeah, yeah. PUBG. It'd be called PUBG. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah.
0: I guess we'll never know. Yeah, I, mean, I even don't care like not lo- I'm like Google trying to like
1: it. look it up and I just can't find <laughs> it. So um but it's always, at the quality yeah. hotel though. So in Stockholm. So oh, that good. that will good, help good. us. So yep. Uh P G L it is for me. And then you uh said it was the Valorant one. <laughs> the valorant one
0: <laughs> uh it's called the valorant champions tour colon, stage two masters
1: cool that's all right yeah cool um our next one and this is going to be where i i apologize to all these nominees because again i i don't want to diminish these these people the events these games it's just this is not my wheelhouse no. No. So our next one is the best esports coach. I promise I'm only making fun of your names, not you as a person. So our first one uh we have uh is the best esports coach. This is the the going to the esports coach judged to be the most outstanding for performance performance and conduct in 2021. Our nominees are and if I butcher these again I'm sorry. Yep. Uh Air Rat Silent Gaziev. Yep. Andre Eng Shulkov. Yep. I don't even, I don't think this next one's a real name. Um <laughs> Andre
0: Biadi Mm-hmm.
1: Uh then we have James Crowder Crowder. Yep, that'll get you there, won't it? And Kim Koma Zhang K- Gyun. Who you got there?
0: Ah, uh, for me, it's got to be James Crowder Crowder. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I, just like what an excellent handle, you know, like just straight up going your your last name.
1: Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go Crowder Crowder because that's probably like one of the fun, more fun things to say. Um, And again, I can actually uh, pronounce both the nickname and uh, the actual last name. So he
0: also uh, he he's the only person in these pictures wearing merch for a brand I recognize, which is the FaZe Clan. OK, uh, <laughs> and I only know that. Because it's like one of the I think it's I'm not even going to try and say what I think it is because I'm sure I'm wrong. I, it's an <laughs> esports thing, I believe.
1: <laughs> so I think I know I think I know where you're going on this next one, which is the best esports team, uh, which is recognizing a specific esports team, not the full organization judged the most outstanding for performance and conduct in 2021. The nominees are Atlanta FaZe for COD um, DWG Kia for League of Legends. Natus Vincere for Counter-Strike Global Offensive, Sentinels for Valorant, and Team Spirit for Dota 2.
0: It's gotta be Faze for me. The only only guys <laughs> I only know. The only one you know. <laughs> the only people I have even heard of.
1: Um, I'm gonna go for uh, Sentinels uh, because I'm thinking of uh, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim um, as being a potential game I want to play. I know they're not related. It's not the same game, Let's but I want to play that game.
0: April 2022. It's happening. Finally. All right. So we are soon. now
1: moving on to our next category, <laughs> which is the best esports athlete. Yep. The esports athlete judged to be the most outstanding for performance and conduct in 2021, irrespective of game. Our nominees are Chris Simp Lear, Heyo Showmaker Sue, Magomed Collapse Kaliov, Alexander Simple kostalev and Tyson Tens new I'm going with tens. The guy, you're going with the tens. He, I mean, he he looks like
0: he's very confident. He's doing that thing where he's blowing the smoke out of a handgun, like a like a like finger
1: guns. You know what I mean? He does look pretty confident in this photo. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Simple um, for the sole reason that he is the only one doing a legitimate smile in these photos.
0: Uh, you're <laughs> overlooking my man tens. He's, I mean, he's, he's blowing he's the smoke out, but he's got like out of the corner of his mouth like a I know what's it, up. It,
1: it is a, it is a little bit of a smirk. It is a smirk. So it's it, it's
0: some character. I like it,
1: but yeah, but I understand. Yeah, so I understand simple and tens are our are, are, are nominees for the best eSport athlete. And very,
0: you know, I mean, they're, they're very educated
1: choices that we've made here. I'm right. We're literally looking at, at uh, nonverbals here. Um, by the way, appreciate them calling them athletes because that is a skill. Yeah. So I, there you I, go. I think
0: it's whack that people don't
1: recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that's a whole other conversation. That's a, that di- for a later day when we become big esports fans. Oh, you know it, You know it. All right. So this last one is actually one I feel like I could actually speak on a little bit here, which is the best esports game for the game that has delivered the best overall esports experience to the players, inclusive of tournaments, community support, and content updates, irrespective of genre or platform. So this is the best esports game. Yeah, Our ahead. nominees are Call of Duty, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, Dota 2, League of Legends, and Valorant. So I've played CSGO.
0: I've played Call of Duty. Call of Duty, like, that's a little vague. I assume they're talking about Warzone, I have to imagine. Yeah, maybe, I would I,
1: I would assume at this point, yeah.
0: Yeah. I've not played Dota 2, I've not played League of Legends, and I've not played Valorant. That said, out of the games here that I think I would like the most, Valorant is probably it.
1: And I would say I'm going with Valorant as well because I think Valorant has been, like, the the new one here. Um, And I think there is a a lot of – it's up and coming um, in terms of being popular. There was a lot of buzz around it this whole year as it was going from being in uh, – was it beta last year? Kind of they had the beta stuff running. Um, But it's gone from being something that uh, is uh, – it was the talk of – uh, Twitch, as people were getting the codes to it, to them becoming something that is actually having competitive tournaments to it. And I think it is being updated well. Um, and obviously, Call of Duty, Counter Strike, Dota, and League are all giants in this industry. But oh, looking yeah. at this, um, the best esports game presented by Grubhub, I'm giving it to Valorant.
0: Thanks, Grubhub. <laughs> I would like, I... Uh, thanks, Grubhub. <laughs> and your $30 French fries. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then your $25 <laughs> upcharge no matter what you're buying. Yep, 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 yep. All right, so now we're into the real categories, uh, and I don't want to, again, I don't want Damn, to... Damn, Justin, the real categories? The real Damn. categories for us, the ones that I think we have a little bit more that we can say about, yeah. uh, with yep. the exception of the uh, content creator, because I'm still pretty, pretty weak at that stuff. Yeah, me uh, too. But these are the more game-based ones for ones that are not just our, uh, I think we, we're a little bit more educated on these. Um, So our first one is the most anticipated game. This is recognizing an announced game that has demonstrably illustrated potential to push the game medium forward. And I think that last part is going to be kind of important. The potential to push the gaming medium forward. Um, Our nominees are Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, (laughs) the sequel to The Legend (laughs) of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Starfield.
0: So my personal pick personally is going to be starfield let me write that in real quick i wrote that way too big did oh, you <laughs> just
1: copy and paste it
0: yeah and it made it messed it all up it's gonna this one's gonna be too big my personal pick is starfield um my predicted pick the one i think is going to win is gonna be elden ring i okay, think people I, are far too not far too like be excited about stuff i understand what i mean is like i think people are losing their minds about elden ring um and I I think in a way that people aren't maybe as excited for any of these other games. The only other game that I think people have maybe the same amount of hype for is uh, Breath of the Wild 2, but we don't even know the name of that,
1: so... Yeah, I think that part of the joke is that the sequel to the legend of zelda breath of the wild like that's what they call it. Yeah. And I think for for me I I um I'm also going to say my predicted winner of this category is Elden Ring. And I think because of where it fell in its preview cycle, the fact that it's coming out um the soonest and we have that that firm date on it, people have already been talking about it, previewing it. I think this is on the tip of people's tongue to a point where more people will vote for it uh than the other games, I think. Um, cause even then Starfield, I think Starfield's great. I just don't know what it will look like. I mean, what, it, what, what's it going to be? What, right. like what's the game? Yeah. What was your personal pick? My personal pick is God of war. Um, cause I, it's my most anticipated game. And I think, uh, it's going to be harder for them to make a jump from God of war, 2018 to God of war, Ragnarok. But yeah. I still think they have the ability to do it. And I'm really interested to see what they do with the storytelling in this game. Um, the gameplay in this game could be interesting. Um, they're, they have potential to either at worst be as good as 2018 um, or at best be better than 2018. So yep. I'm excited for this game in every sense of the word.
0: I completely agree. And I know what you mean. I got to play that. Uh, by the way, I think January, I'm going to just grind through horizon forbidden West as fast as I can so that I can play the sequel.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think that will be important. And I don't I, I'm not gonna play the DLC to it. I have not played it. Um yeah, I'm, okay. nor do I think I'm gonna go back and do that because from what I heard when you just jump back into it, you're like lost anyway. <laughs> it's sure, kinda like okay. I don't know if that'll be worth it enough to me. Um I would like to play it again. I just don't think I have that luxury in my life and I'll just I'll play yeah. it like the masses.
0: Yeah, I I think I'm gonna do it as um just I'm gonna use that story difficulty mode. So I could just oh, literally yeah, yeah. breeze through everything and not really have to worry about like Really anything, so yeah. Uh, yep. yep. Look forward to me talking about that in January. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Our next category is the best debut indie game. This is for the best debut game created by a new independent studio. Um, a couple of great games here. We have the uh, Artful Escape, the Forgotten City, Kena: Bridge of Spirits, Sable, and Valheim. Peter, what, what you is think? your predict? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first this time, to yeah, no, be fair. Um, I think my predicted. Uh, so, so for me, this is between Bridge of Bridges Spirits and The Forgotten City. Um, have I you think finished that, Forgot- by the way? Uh, I have not. Okay. Um, I think, personally, The Forgotten City's barrier to this is the fact that this game, they finalized a mod that they already made, and it's been happening for a while. Sure. Um, so, if you're thinking about like it's an indie developer here that we're talking about because we're talking about a new independent studio, but I think looking at Keener Bridges spirits and looking at what that game looks like and how that game came out and where this company came from about literally never having made a a video game before. And then they pull up something that is almost triple a quality type of game with animation. That's absolutely beautiful. Um, I think a lot of people will be interested, um, in what they have next uh and mm-hmm. what's coming next from this studio because it's not we're not just talking like an indie studio like this is a triple a but potentially triple a quality studio in the making here so i think for both uh, those reasons it's both my personal pick um and also um my uh predicted pick as well
0: all right that makes sense uh i have not played the artful escape sable valheim or keen of bridges spirits um, although I believe the artful escape is on game pass. I think Sable might be too. Um,
1: Valheim, yeah, I think both are, yeah.
0: Valheim does not look like my thing as a craft them up. Yep. Open world kind of survival game. Um, Keenan Bridge of Spirits. I, I, it looks like it's a good game. Maybe just not for me. Uh, so for me, what's left is the forgotten city that said, I think the forgotten city, like that's probably one of the best games I've played in a long time. It's really good. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to push for that. I also think that what's so cool about it is you can definitely see where the Skyrim like how it's Skyrim but it's so transformative in the fact that it is not Skyrim and you are not using the traditional Skyrim problem solving methods to solve problems in the forgotten city. Uh and and I think that that is Kind of astounding for a mod, because obviously, with the with a mod, you are using all those tools and and mechanics and stuff that are in a game. And so, for the fact that it was a mod and and moved away from that, I, I think is pretty astounding. So, I would I would have to say it is the Forgotten City for both my personal vote and then also what I think is going to be um, uh, awarded.
1: Yeah, I, and I I I don't want to take away from the Forgotten City by saying like they they've polished up and re like done a mod. Like I don't yeah. think that like makes it like a less than game necessarily. Um, But I do think it is cool that you do definitely see those influences in that game. And if they do continue to come up with games like this that have a similar type of narrative like this, those are the kind of games I love. So any, any studio that's going to be pushing a narrative like that, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, our next category is the content creator of the year. Uh, again, this is going to be a little bit of a blind go for me, um, and I have a very clear reason why I'm going to be picking both my uh, predicted pick and personal pick. Um, this is for a streamer or content creator who has made an important positive impact on the community in 2021. Your nominees are Dream, Fuseli, Gowls, Iba, <laughs> Grefg, <laughs> Did yep. I get any of those right?
0: Uh well, dream for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just a word
1: that we know. Uh, yeah. What, what's yours? Who's yours? Uh, dream because I love that little smiley face guy. Uh, I I don't know anything about these people really, okay. so I'm should I do I do you know anything about these? You don't want to pick these? dream.
0: You don't want to pick dream. Unfortunately, dream is the only person on here who I recognize. Uh, but the reason I recognize dream is because he was caught cheating at Minecraft speedruns. In like March. Cool. So uh, it's kind of baffling that he's been nominated because he's, a, as you've said, it is for a streamer or content creator who's made an important and positive impact on the, the community in 2021. So not only was he caught for um, uh, cheating at Minecraft speedruns, he lied about it too. And, and got, I, I don't know exa- all of the details because I did not follow this <laughs> that closely. But to my understanding, he got caught, he lied about it, and he tried to... Um, like falsify evidence to show that he was not cheating and, and all this sort of stuff. So I would not say dream. Uh I'll go with literally anyone on here. Um I like Grefg's hair, but Grefg. Kind of it's like Greg but with a G- F in there, right? I'm gonna go with Grefg. Grefg.
1: Uh, okay, um, I'm okay. I am going to just because uh, with that context, I think it's important. I'm going to keep my personal pick though at Dream, um, and then uh, I'm going to then move to uh, the predicted winner um, will be uh, Fusili uh, again, just because she is the second one on the list. So I will use <laughs> very educated
0: use guesses here. I mean, like we're the best in the biz, right? I mean, like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was i was thinking about putting this category on the esport one but i didn't want to just be like the dump category um yeah, yeah, so yeah. anywho um
0: and, so and i go. will say it, it um as opposed to how we are with esport like our esport knowledge like there is the potential for us to know who these content creators are you, like in in a way that like with the esports they just it's just not
1: yeah yeah um, I just did a really quick uh, Google search of Fuseli and uh, she raised on October nineteenth, twenty twenty one, um, a fifty thousand dollars, fifty five thousand dollars for the National Breast Cancer uh, Foundation. Dang! Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that one. Not, not a speed run cheater. Um, in Dream, even though his face really made me smile. It's a, it's a fun little, fun little face. Fun little yeah. face. All right, let's go on to uh, the other one, the Best Multiplayer Category for Outstanding Online Multiplayer Gameplay and Design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre or platform. Your nominees are Back for Blood, Knockout City, It Takes Two, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim. Uh, I believe... Peter, it's your turn to go first. Yeah, so
0: interesting. This is one that had a tie because it's got six nominees, as we learned earlier today. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, so i've here full disclosure i've played back for blood knockout city and it takes two um that said looking at the other three with monster hunter rise new world and valheim uh it takes two was the best multiplayer game i've played in in a while uh I, i don't think its story is anything but uh i think the amount of fun i had playing that with elena um really supersedes the experience of playing back for blood, which I found to be generally disappointing. And while knockout city, I think is a hoot and a holler. Uh, it's just like pound for pound, the amount of different things that you're doing in, it takes to, I think beats out just about everything else here. And so that is my personal pick. And it's also the one that I think is going to win.
1: Um, I, I'm going to say my personal pick is it takes two as well, um, because out of all these games, it's the only one that I really would care about playing multiplayer wise with people, uh, obviously, yeah. cause you have to, I would hate to do that randomly, uh, with a, a can you play it with a bot? I doubt it. Uh, right? I don't think so. So it's required to play the game. Um, but I think the winner is... Um, And I have played Back for Blood, Knockout City, It Takes Two, Monster Hunter Rise. I'm going to put as the winner on this. I really think it's going to be between New World and Valheim. And I'm going to go. Yeah, Valheim could be it. I'm going to go with the, what have you done for me lately? And I do think, um, new world being a massively multiplayer, uh, multiplayer game from Amazon game studios, being this new kind of like massive multiplayer game that came out. I think people have talked enough good things about it. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think there is enough good buzz around it that I am going to not quite take a shot in the dark. I haven't played the game, but I'm going to say new world, um, because who doesn't love a good MMORPG?
0: I'm not a huge fan, but that's, just me personally uh, it's, it's interesting valheim like valheim was so huge for like a second there and then i yeah. have not heard anyone talk about it <laughs> no. um probably since like may or april yeah. maybe yeah um
1: but uh, your your kind of game sense. definitely not my kind of game but no 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 um no. yeah i have you ever played an MMORPG before yeah i played
0: uh, um this what the fuck was that game called? Uh, <laughs> Everquest, it was one of the, It was World of, of the, Warcraft. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. Maple Story.
1: I would have. You could have asked me to name any game. I would have never got that one. Maple Story. Maple Story. Maple Story. Maple mm-hmm. Story. It was. It's, were you like? Were you like? You're um, like a little chibi anime bacon?
0: character. And it, and it's like like wood elves and stuff. I think. Oh,
1: that's fun. This looks it's like, like a game I would... We
0: talked about it recently. Uh, uh, it was, I think, one of the most... Uh, maybe not, because it's not like you don't buy it. It's one of the most played games, I think, in the world. Oh,
1: wow. Okay. And here I am just learning about it today.
0: Yep. I played that when I was a kid. Uh, MMOs, not really my thing. I played Go... uh, Elder Scrolls Online as well, and that was like nothing for me. <laughs> 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 anyway.
1: Um, all right. So we are next to the, the best, this is the best miscellaneous category of big games, um, the best sports and racing category, um, because there are probably not enough good sports games and or racing games to fit in here. And this is for the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing game, which I don't think gives me much clarity as no. to why they chose these games, but we have F1 2021, FIFA 22, Forza Horizon 5, Hot Wheels Unleashed, and Riders Republic. Um, I, I will go first, but I think this is, uh, going to be quite a simple one with Forza being both my personal pick and the predicted pick as well. Um, I, I think this is a high quality game. It's not a game for me personally, but neither is anything else on this list. Um, so, uh, I would say Forza 5 is going to be the winner. Um, and I would also probably play that game out of any other of these other games here.
0: Yep, me too. Uh, that's my personal pick, and then I think based on the reception that that game has gotten, as you know, one of the, if not the best reviewed game on the Series X, like sort of not even a question with the rest of these. I, I heard good things about Hot Wheels Unleashed. Uh, I didn't pick it up because I'm not a racing game guy, uh, but that that seems like it could also be in the running. And Riders Republic after E3, I was like, what's this game about? I didn't try it, um, but it seems kind of like with the sheer number of racers in it, it seems a little bit like Fall Guys to me. Uh, yep. And that seemed appealing, but uh, I wasn't going to buy it full price for a game that I really only wanted to try. Um, so I might pick that up at some point. I mean, I know Ubisoft games go pretty quick on sale uh, if, if it's not already. But um, yeah, so so I would say that probably if I played it, Riders Republic might be my personal one, but I had fun with the hour and a half I played with Forza and it seems like Everyone else had a lot of fun with that game. So,
1: yeah, I don't um, think it is Riders Republic. I don't think that's on Game Pass. Am I correct? Nope. Or is it? it? I don't think it is. Otherwise, and I, I think that would be the prime game to be on game pass like yeah. if you're thinking about like people jumping in and having the, like high number of people and if you want to like get the fun outfits and stuff then you could have a box system which i know is controversial for me to say that but it would still be waste for it to make money but i don't know for people going out and buying this game i don't know if that's going to happen um i am interested in potentially playing it if it would be on game pass but again me too me too Alright, so Forza 5 for both of us sweeping that category. Now we're to Best Sim Strategy, another miscellaneous category. Best Game Focused on Real-Time, Return-Based Simulation, or Strategy Gameplay, irrespective of platform. Our nominees are Age of Empires 4. Is that IV? IV is 4. You nice. did so good there. Thank you. I, at one point, I like I should learn how to do Roman numerals, and then that's where I stopped. Evil Genius 2 World Domination. Humankind, inscription, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah, I think because it's didn't that win last year.
0: Got a console release. I, uh, yeah, yes, it. Did. I believe it did win last year.
1: <laughs> um, um, just going back, just to kind of it, it was
0: either that or Gears t- Tactics, but I have to imagine. I don't. It <laughs>
1: As a uh, as a uh, good player of Gears Tactics for about 30 minutes, I do not think that was the winner. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yep, Flight y- Simulator won last year.
0: Yeah, so I don't know what it's doing there. I mean, like, it's a great game. Uh, I've not played any of these other than Flight Simulator. I've heard Inscription is really good, uh, but I've also, like, to me, it doesn't make sense really in this category, because to my understanding... It is a card game on the surface and then a lot more underneath.
1: Yeah, I think it's still... Uh, I'm actually... This is one of the games that I want to play before the end of the year. I don't yeah, know what's what going to happen because guess what? The end of the year is like three weeks away from me because <laughs> one of those I'll be in uh, Mexico, which will be fun, by the way. Oh. But... Um, but um, it it is a card game that has the turn based stuff, but it's like also this horror kind of vibe. One of those games that when you ever hear people talk about it, they're like, the less you know about it, the better. Right. Um, yes. So with that, I haven't looked too much into it, other than the fact that I want to play it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in there um, for my personal pick, uh, Inscription, um, because I would be interested in playing that. But I do think the winner is gonna be Flight Simulator again because it won last year and. Uh,
0: do you think anyone's gonna, like, see that and go, like, oh, well, it has to be flight... Like, it, how's that gonna get votes if it was, first of all, nominated last year? And, like, it, I don't think it... I don't understand why it was nominated again this year. Because it also, came out
1: for the for that council, maybe? I guess so, but it's not, like, a new game. Yeah, but I can't, I can't let that hold my vote against it at this point. I mean, I'm sure many people will think that. I don't think yeah. you're wrong with that. But, like, just... Pound for pound, um, not that Age of Empires is bad. I have no clue what Evil Genius is. Humankind, I'm not sure. Um, I just think like that has the name recognition over any of these games. That's um, fair. That's with fair. Age of Empires being a close second.
0: That's fair. I think I'm, I'm going with my personal pick as Inscription and my pick to win the category for Inscription because first of all, I've not played these games uh, other than Flight Simulator. But then also, uh, I think that the people who like Inscription have been very vocal about it. And very excited about it. Um, so I think that has caused a lot of people to check it out in the past few weeks here. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I would not say I'm the best person to ask about this particular
1: category. Uh, all right. Uh, our next category is best family game. For the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. This seems like another uh, like kind of like miscellaneous game. Um, people have often said, like, oh, this is the Nintendo game, which, like, Looking at the nominees, yeah, yeah, yeah almost.
0: Yeah. I mean, usually is.
1: Um, and also, uh, so, so okay, we'll go through the categories. We have yeah, uh, the ahead. nominees. We have It Takes Two, Mario Party Superstars, New Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World, Bowser's Fury, and Warrior Wear. Get it together. Um, I look at this and I'm like, why wasn't Mario Party Superstars nominated for best multiplayer game? Sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's a multiplayer game through and through, and a family game. I uh, agree. You know what so, is a family
0: game in my honest opinion it takes it two. takes
1: two. Oh my god can you imagine playing it with, with like a toddler <laughs> or like y- yeah dude like not a family game
0: i mean i yeah geez for the so many be like, reasons why does that
1: girl look so stiff and
0: scary <laughs> it's like no it's just so, like they're not very good at human animation it's
1: <laughs> it's like it's
0: like a small studio don't worry about why it why
1: do they have accents <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, are you talking about the book or are you talking about the, <laughs> the, the horrible racist book or what um, I'm going to go with Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury Bowser's Fury is not a great uh, family game because you it's like the one person controls Mario and the other person controls Koopa Kid and Koopa Kid just like flies around in the background <laughs> but Mario 3D World if I had a kid, if I had a family I mean I have a family, if I had like my own, my family, my own, I'd be playing Mario 3D World with them every night. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a great way. Uh, it, it is simple enough and easy enough to, for, like, a kid to enjoy, but also be challenged by, while also having enough systems in there for it to not be, like, a snooze fest.
1: Just looking at that photo of Wario doing the splits and his crotch is, like, ripped, how is yeah. this a family game?
0: Um, I, I th- it's kind of like that, random humor you know <laughs> like the i don't know um i would say that's probably also a good one but i also didn't hear great things about that game yeah yeah because like WarioWare you uh, where in the past i've had a lot of fun with playing with like you know with friends and stuff but, but
1: like children though like one of them is like pick your nose fart like I, maybe that is the maybe i'm just like that Maybe not giving kids credit for like that kind of stuff, but like I don't know. I just don't know if like well, worst case scenario, playing with your mom. Can you imagine having your mom make Wario fart? That's fair. <laughs> That's so. very fair. Um, so what
0: are your what are your nominations? Uh, uh, by the way, I'm s- gonna say I'm gonna say that Mario Party uh, is the winner, but mario 3d world is my is your personal pick yeah
1: Yeah, i'm gonna say mario party for both um because i do think mario party is about a family game it's a board game and um specifically with you know how things have changed over covid it's just another uh, i think more adults who maybe aren't familiar with playing like switch and stuff would be familiar enough to play a mario party um i think the games in itself are a little bit less family-friendly than the original, the other Mario Party on the Switch because Mm -hmm. a lot of those are like motion-controlled things I think most people can get behind. Um, But I still think, like, ultimately, these are not only some of the best Mario Party games ever made, they're the best courses, and I think there's nothing more frustrating but also fun than playing a game of Mario Party with your family in which little Timmy, who sucks at video games, wins randomly because of stars. Because of whatever chance, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Totally fair, 100%. So my pick for both is Mario Party. Our next category is the best fighting game. Um, and these are for the best game designed primarily around head-to-head combat. We have Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, the Hinokami Chronicles. Congratulations. The, win- the winner for worst name. Um, then we have Guilty Gear <laughs> Strive. Oh, we got another worst name nominee. Melty Blood Type Lumina. <laughs> Well, you don't like Melty Blood? Come on, man. Uh, then we have Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl and Virtua Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. Peter, what do you think?
0: I've not played any of these games. <laughs> uh, that said, uh, I think I would probably like Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl the most, so that's going to be my personal pick, but I think Guilty Gear Strive, from everything I've heard about it, is fantastic. Um, not my kind of game, but to my understanding, like, it's a very, very competent and good fighting game.
1: Yeah, I think I, when I look at this category and I'm trying to think about like um, what the winner is going to be, I, I would think of which of these games is likely to show up at um, an EVO or a, a actual like fighting competition. And I would say Guilty Gear Strive would be the one. Sure. And the reason I put that as both my predicted pick and my personal pick is because I think out of all of the fighting games on here, this is the one I know I bought Nickelodeon all-star brawl. Don't, don't hate me for this, No, but I think in terms of all of these games, the highest quality game that if you're like, you're going to have to pick one of these games to play forever, it'd be guilty gear strive. And I think me playing all-star brawl really hurt it because it's so thin on content that sure. it, just, okay. it, it does not give me enough to come back to and want to play it more. Um, like, you know essentially getting better at the characters is half the battle but like i'm the kind of person who likes smash because of all the other stuff you do in it not yeah. just the head-to-head competition um so i think guilty gear would be the the one of these that i would probably want to play the most um personally
0: yeah no that makes sense to me i'm also we- uh as someone who has been recently f- rekindled their love for anime <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of best rpg <laughs>
1: <laughs> best rpg for the best game design with rich player character customization and progression including massively multiplayer experiences
0: so i guess that it, means like new world could be on here but it's not
1: yeah they're, they're really trying to make this uh a, a open category <laughs> right uh, they're really trying weird, to find a like place a very for cyberpunk thing yeah, dude. okay. Read them. Read them out. Okay, the nominees are Cyberpunk 2077, Monster uh, Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei V, and Tales of Arise.
0: That's just right now, it's not Cyberpunk. I mean, like, as many fixes as that game has had, in terms of it being an, a role-playing game, I mean, the solu- there are two solutions to all of the problems that Cyberpunk gives you. It is either sneak until you get caught and then have a shootout, or just show up and have a shootout. Like, like the role playing aspect of that game, I think is like laughable.
1: I think the the shocking thing though is that we talked about the nomination process. Like many people put this as one of the top ones. Yeah, which is wild in their list. Which is kind of wild to begin with to think about that. Um, I Don't mean, you... I, I I enjoyed my time with Cyberpunk. Uh, what I did enjoy was when I decided to platinum it. That ruined the experience for me. Sure, sure. I liked did you do game. that?
0: Did you ever no get the no
1: no it, it, no between like hearing about busted trophies and everything like that? It just wasn't. Uh, yeah, okay. I I could not spend another fifty hours in that game. <laughs> that makes sense. That's fair. Uh, and fifty hours meant probably like maybe like four hundred twenty thousand more crashes.
0: Yeah on on PlayStation Five, I heard it's as we talked about. It's just like not yeah.
1: Yeah, not yeah. there. Um. So yeah, I I don't think that's gonna be it. So I, I mean, I would say on this list, it's it's rough. I mean. Tales of Arise is probably the best game on this list.
0: I've heard nothing but good things about Tales of Arise to the point where, like, I won't play that game. I don't think I'm going to before the end of the year. Um, But I would like to. My personal pick, come on, is Scarlet Nexus. Monster Hunter
1: Rise. Oh, okay. It's
0: not going to win. It's not going to win. My girl Kasane, my guy Yuito, out there using their brains to... Blow up other people's brains. <laughs> I don't remember what that game was about. Uh, I think there was time travel. <laughs> um
1: Yep, definitely time travel.
0: Yeah, but uh I I like by the way when we were talking about that you were doing the Kasane story I was doing the Ue two one you were like have they done time travel for you yet I was like didn't even know that was going to be a factor <laughs> it's not on the table huh okay no. <laughs> <laughs> um, that said, Although I enjoyed it immensely, I'm going to give this to Shimagami Tensei five because, in terms of an RPG, that is like I've not played it yet, but to my understanding, that is an RPG for people who love role-playing like JRPGs. Like it is not, it does not play any punches. It is not afraid to be what it is, and that is it is, and that it is a challenging role-playing game that requires
1: you to engage in its systems. So that's your predicted winner. Correct. Yeah, so my personal pick is going to be Scarlet Nexus because that game had everything about it in an RPG that I liked um, with the exception of wanting to play it through twice, which I never think I want to do that with an RPG anyway. And I think I love the characters. I love the stories. I love getting to know the characters, um, the, the sometimes like not making sense uh reasons why you're talking to people when you should be hating the people was kind of weird but i yeah. liked how you got to know the characters and i think really that game shined not with the main story but with getting to know the people around you a little bit better and understanding their connections which is what i really liked um, i would
0: say uh no spo- uh, i guess spoiler <laughs> I can't not. Know. i would say that once they get over their conflict and they yeah. meet up that is when the game really shines. Because then it
1: makes sense. They're all together. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Otherwise, it's like, in the last scene, you literally tried to kill me. Like, literally tried to kill
1: me. Like, we're not going to be nice right now. I'm going to try to kill you again. Um, I also, uh, I only watched the first two episodes of the anime, too, but I thought the anime was a good companion piece to the story, too, because it kind of fleshed out some moments that weren't really fleshed out in the actual um, game. Like, there's a, a My Hero Academia training scene, basically, that was in the game, but, like, in the actual anime it was just like a cooler character We're, moment right, to get to know people at the beginning yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um but i think the winner is gonna be tales of rise i think that is the game that is like the highest rated highest talked about most positive reception yeah, sure. i've gotten a lot of negative feedback um from uh, outlets that i've read about shimigami tensei those who mm-hmm. love it love it but i don't think it's mainstream enough to get the random person to download it um, i'd agree so I would say Tales of Arise is the winner. Sorry, Cyberpunk and Monster Hunter Rise. I, I know people like you. I just
0: that actually might win. Maybe. That one's re- that's really popular.
1: Yeah, but I don't but know. Is it a
0: role playing game? I've not. I've not. I know you've played it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, like any Monster Hunter game. You get to choose your loadout, your character, okay, what you're okay, using okay. to hunt the, the the creatures and stuff. Um, I, I I think it's a little less because your progression is in your armor, not in your stats going up. So like, it's just a little bit different way of thinking about an RPG, but it definitely is an RPG.
0: Okay, that's fine. I'll accept that
1: (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, that's
0: what they they were waiting. Jack Keeley was waiting to to really publish this and we can let him know. Yeah. Which, by the way, how are we not nominated for best content creator? I know
1: we have been doing so much solid content. Our 39 Twitter followers, Jeffrey Joffrey. Hey, we're going to get it to maybe 42 by the end of the year that's dream big that's growth no dream, dream did
0: not dream dream cheated dream dream lied and i'm not gonna dream big dream small the man cheated at minecraft or whatever <laughs> speed runs <laughs> it
1: doesn't matter um, action adventure let's talk about it best action adventure um for the best action adventure game combined combat yep. with traversal <laughs> and puzzle solving literally like anything just about i mean like that's always the conversation like, right like wouldn't wouldn't deathloop be on this like okay, I'll, I'll read the nominees and then i'll complain about why deathloop should be in most of these categories cuz the kind of game it is uh, but best action adventure game uh, nominees are marvel's guardians of the galaxy metroid dread psychonauts 2 ratchet and clank rift apart resident evil village no deathloop
0: hmm. no deathloop
1: um cuz to me it it has it combines combat traversal and pro- puzzle solving pretty well I would have to agree with you. Um, that said, I would say
0: Guardians of the Galaxy, it's got a lot of traveling, a lot of traversal. Puzzle solving, I would say not so much. To me, To me, the, pick, the clear two picks are Metro Dread and Ratchet and & Clank. Um, and I would probably lean towards saying that my personal pick is Ratchet & Clank. <sighs> and I'm, I'm going to say, I, I think also the winner is going to be Ratchet & Clank. Um, although Resident Evil was popular and people liked it I don't think it necessarily has that same like I would not classify Resident Evil necessarily as like an action adventure I'd say like action horror yeah you know um, whereas like Ratchet and Clank I feel like is the epitome of action adventure and I don't think Metro I- Dread is enough has enough like traversal i mean it's got a lot of environmental explore like exploring environments but i wouldn't say that like a lot of those environments feel really different because they're all set up the same way you know it's just like weird labyrinths
1: i i'm gonna go with dread for both of these um as much as i think ratchet and clank rift apart is a better game and the reason i'm going to do this uh is because of the category description it's an action adventure game combat traversal puzzle solving and Ratchet and Clank doesn't really have pu- puzzle solving say, enough to me, to me to be like, oh, this is a puzzle, right? Yeah. A lot of the puzzle has to be like, what weapons am I going to be using uh, you know, to make this combat encounter fun or whatever? Um, but like, even like exploring the world, there wasn't that much of it. And I think of how shallow it was to explore that world. And I think with Dread, everything you do in almost every room, there is some mixture of solving a puzzle to get through the room. To getting to point A from to point B through a room, to adding combat in there as you're going through it. And I mean, just think about the bosses. Like the bosses. Th- those are
0: puzzles themselves.
1: Are, like, they're puzzles. Really? Yeah. They're combat, and it's sometimes traversal to get around and through them and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think Metroid Dread uh, was, again, a wonderfully surprising game. Um, and based on this description, I think it is the best one of those. Um, and I, the reason I, you know, I think for me, my number two in this category is Psychonauts. Um, because but the one thing that's keeping me from doing that is I don't think the combat shines in Psychonauts. No, I would agree. So, Metro Dread, you're my winner. Sure. And maybe Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy will get there for me when I play it, um, some point in my life. But I think you'll like it. Oh, I think you'll I'm get a sh- hoot and I'm out sure, of it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, question for you: Is it better than Scarlet Nexus?
0: uh hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay then. I, uh, I don't. Well, here's here's the problem. I would say like it's tough because of recency bias. Because I could tell you a lot about what happened in Guardians of the Galaxy, where like with Scarlet Nexus, it was a little confusing. Not a lot happened. I like the combat in Scarlet Nexus more, but I like the story and characters in Guardians more. And for me, that's the kind of thing I'm going to remember more. Like I don't yeah. I, I don't know the names of a lot of the cast in Scarlet Nexus, but I guess the problem with Guardians of the Galaxy is like I know those characters because of the movies.
1: And there's also less of them. Yeah, very true, very true, very true. Which makes it a little bit easier. But I just think the fact that, um, the story in itself, I look for stories in games and um I think I Scarlet Next at a certain point I was just rolling my eyes through it.
0: The characters in let me say it like this. The characters in uh Guardians of the Galaxy have real arcs and really grow and I think have like I started that game being like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Like with the characters. And then through their arcs, it was like, oh, this is like, that's the point. That at the beginning is like in, like almost insufferable. But it, towards the end, you really, really grow to care about them. So I would say Guardians of the Galaxy over his Nexus. Cool.
1: I am cool. Them. All right. Now we're on the best action game. Um, and this <sighs> bad uh, th- 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 action adventure and action they need to solve the difference between these two. Because I think because yeah. of what happened in Action Adventure, now the action games are disappointing. So this is for best game in the action genre, focused primarily on combat. Back for Blood. Yep. You could, you could make an argument that's just as much of an RPG as...
0: Uh, yeah, with, with the, card the cards system. and stuff. Yeah, that, that's fair.
1: Then we have Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, and Returnal. And what do, you got? Me, what do you pick? Yeah, there's only one game that is focused primarily on combat in this, and that's Returnal. Yep. Like, yep. I, I think it's it's not only like I think it's a good, good action game. I think there's a lot of good combat, um, but everything you do in the game is really based on the combat in each room. A little bit of exploration, but I don't really think it's really not that much of a puzzle solving game. It's just you you get through by fighting P- through <laughs> the and... puzzles
0: are how to beat all the bad guys. Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, And not that. Exactly. Die. exactly. Um, so to me, I think this is easy, and I think it's a shame because Deathloop would have easily won the last category, in my humble opinion. Um, yeah, I agree. If it was placed there, but Deathloop is at its worst when you solve objectives focused on combat.
0: I would probably agree. Um, well, I don't know. I, I I like that. I like when everything breaks bad in Deathloop, and it's like fuck, and you gotta go, yeah. and, and and like you are being overwhelmed by the number of guys. Uh, but I, I also think you get pretty overpowered pretty fast in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, my personal pick is Returnal. Uh, as I've stewed on it more, I've liked Returnal more and more, and I want to go back and revisit it because I, I I really liked it, actually, now that I'm several months out. like I, I catch myself thinking about it a lot. Um, there's a boss fight, I don't think you got to it, um, that's centered around a song, which, weirdly enough, is also featured prominently in a similar moment in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Oh, interesting, um, interesting.
0: Yes, but uh, that like probably like one of the top 10 boss fights of the past few years. The other
1: nine are all in Metroid Dread.
0: (laughs) That's actually not far off. I'm sure. Actually, you know what? Uh, uh, The the Raven Beak probably wins out. But uh, Returnal is the clear pick for me personally. That said, I think Deathloop is going to get it because I think more people played and enjoyed Deathloop than Returnal. Because I think Returnal is a very specific kind of game for specific people. But Deathloop is a little bit broader.
1: True. My one counter to that was that the fact that these are a lot of outlets um, who are going to be voting on this, too. I think they will not look past Returnal, um, as I think a lot of mainstream people would um again returnal didn't sell poorly it sold well enough for sony to want to buy the company but um or buy the studio but my um, worry
0: with returnal is that it had enough technical issues right when it launched that it left mm -hmm. a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths who were you know leaving their consoles on overnight or um but had it uh automatically update or or crashes you know at the end like at the last stage of a boss fight or something like that to early on to the point where like i think people are Not as hot on it as I might have been, simply because I didn't experience any of those bugs. Yeah, yeah. In my, it's funny in my review, someone left a comment like, "Why not talk about any of the bugs, huh?" Like, did not experience any. Like, I just got lucky, weirdly enough.
1: Yeah, but yeah, and that happens sometimes too. So. All right. Our next category is best uh, AR VR game. Um, And that is for the best game experience, playable in virtual or augmented reality, irrespective of platform. And uh, spoiler alert, I have not played any of these. The nominees are Hitman 3, I Expect You to Die 2, Lone Echo 2, Resident Evil 4 and Sniper Elite VR.
0: I would probably have Uh, fun playing all these just because I don't have VR. And like, I think that would be, you know, a novelty for me uh that said i think resident evil 4 is probably going to win and it probably would be the thing that i liked the most out of all of these i expect yeah, you to die seems like fun but
1: yeah and i would agree uh i expect you to die i think i played the original um, i think so as well for me but but resident evil 4 um the watching people play it in vr made me want to play that game which, which is wild for for you me and my opinion, like resident it. evil four, so yeah. um, and I think the game looks it changes that game fundamentally in a way that is a positive change in some mm-hmm. cases. Um, and it just makes it look so much different and fresh and modern for a game that is as old as resident evil four. Um, so I, I think that's great. Um, also, Hitman 3 I heard was horrible in VR, so
0: uh, it seems like not a game i would want to play in vr it seems like it would be fun to be like whoa you can do so much but like i don't think it's the kind of game you could complete in vr in the same way that like skyrim is fun to beat do vr and be like whoa but like thinking about having to actually play it is like nothing
1: yeah yeah uh all right then we have innovation in accessibility presented by chevrolet thank you chevy recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features technology and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience uh, we have far cry 6 forza horizon 5 marvel's guardian of the galaxy ratchet and clank rift apart the veil shadow of the crown not familiar with that one but those Never heard are of your it. nominees what do you think i think um i i i would say I appreciate a lot of what they did with Ratchet & Clank because the tool set that they used in Ratchet & Clank was the same Sony tool set that is um, from the Last of Us kind of tool set that they've been yeah. using and, and and working with their first-party studios. So I think uh, it's great. There's a lot of different options for it, but I don't think people came out of Ratchet & Clank talking about accessibility options. I think, however, Forza Horizon 5 yep. is what the amount of stuff that they're doing in that game with accessibility making it playable for as many people as possible Um, from uh, an accessibility standpoint from a casual to non-casual hardcore to non-hardcore there are so many ways to experience that game Um, and even you talking about something as simple as them like getting your name (laughs) and like saying your name at a little bit I mean that's not necessarily simply accessibility but like I think like those little touches um, and getting many people to play that I think is huge.
0: Did you see um, that game has an option for like a person to be speaking all of the dialogue in sign language on screen?
1: Is that's really cool.
0: That's re- I've I've never heard of that in a video game. That might just be because I've never needed that sort of thing, but I think that's really wild. Uh, I, I listened to an interview um, with Steven Spawn. He was on the Besties talking about Ubisoft's um, like accessibility uh, mentality, and it's really interesting because he talks about how like. Every single game needs to be accessible in a different way. And so like it's hard to make a checklist of like, well, all of our games need to have this. Um, because, you know, subtitles, yeah, all your games need to have that. But when it comes to other things, uh, it's a little bit more like per situation. And that he he talked about how Ubisoft kind of does more of a checklist. And it's great that they have a lot of these accessibility options, but it doesn't always like help with accessible like design and stuff like that. I'm going to go with Forza Horizon 5 uh, for all the same reasons you are going with it. Uh, I, the, it stands out to me with that sign language thing. I think that's really cool. I've never seen that before. Uh, I'm also not the person necessarily to say which of these are great or not, you know? Um, but...
1: Yeah, and, and again, cool. like I, I think from just the conversation and what I've heard around Forza is has been nothing but positive. Um, so that's why I'd kind of go with that. And I I think... Positively, as you're saying, uh, there are a lot of good accessibility options in Far Cry 6. And that has been a conversation point for a lot of things Mm -hmm. about Far Cry 6. Um, But um, I I still feel like the creativity and the options that Forza gives people are maybe a little bit more pushing the industry forward.
0: Yep. I
1: 100% agree. All right, we are moving on to our best community-supported game. Last year, I think it was won by uh, No Man's Sky.
0: (laughs) Yes, it was. He was so surprised. That was so funny. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Um, It's back again, so maybe you'll win. But this is a recognized game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity, and game updates patches. Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy uh, fourteen Online, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. Um, I don't think i am a great person to come up with an accurate thing with this i think last year i said fortnite but i really feel like fortnite has take has lost a lot of the conversation um yep. this year not that they don't sell big moments and everything but Um, I guess I'm going to put for my uh, personal pick would be Apex because that was the one I've experienced the most of this year. And then my predicted pick will be Destiny 2 uh, because I do think one thing that Destiny always does well is listen, work and tinker around with stuff to try to make the game as best as possible.
0: I would say that's fair. My personal pick as a big fan of Apex would be Apex. That said, I would be surprised if Final Fantasy XIV Online doesn't win.
1: That game. What, what, What have they done?
0: So when that game first came out, apparently it was like, like not only did critics not like it, not only did fans not like it, like people hated it <laughs> and it has become, I believe it's the biggest MMO in the world now. And it's uh, constantly having new expansions. They just had one new one that came out. It's either coming out or just came out. Um, it's not shadow bringers. It's like rift breakers or something like that. Um, I mean, it's huge now and they've turned it around from this thing that people just hated and loved it to hate into a game where people like are in love with it to the point where it's just it's that game that everyone is recommending. Uh, It's got a great uh, free trial. You can play up to, I think, level 50 or 60 or so um, for free before before having to pay for it. Uh, Yeah, I've just heard nothing but good things about it. That said, Apex is uh, my game, but um, it's your boy it is but i would be surprised if final fantasy 14 does not uh doesn't win when did that come out it's a good question i want to say well final fantasy 15 came out i think 2016 or 17 so i'm going to say probably 2014
1: or 13 um i i agree that's probably going to be the the, that's the best comeback story specifically at the game like no man's sky but it's hard to call that much time being responsive
0: oh 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 i mean it is it has yeah. since like it is not recently that people have been like man this game's pretty good it's like been
1: a pretty trickle, pretty wild but, yeah but with those kind of things i think that would be the story and that's how i think no man's sky kind of probably won too because it's the one that people um were surprised by how good yes. it was when they came back yeah all right, we are now on to our best mobile game. Um, this is an easy one. It's Genshin Impact, but the nominees are <laughs> Fantasian, Genshin Impact, League of Legends, Wild Rift, Marvel Future Revolution, and Pokemon Unite. Um, I love Pokemon Unite a lot, um, and I think that one might be the popular one to do um, just because of how it as was popular and it was a conversation piece and how many people like played it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I might say that the personal pick for me would be Pokemon unite, though. I still view that as a switch game. And I think the winner will be Genshin impact.
0: Uh, it's interesting you say that I, my personal pick is Genshin impact is a game that looking back on and having played a little bit more of, not a lot more of, but enough, uh, I didn't give the game enough credit. I think it's, I think it's a fun experience. Um, but I think that Pokemon Unite, I'm surprised it wasn't nominated for more stuff. I think that people are going crazy over it. And I think it might be one of those next really big things, which is cool for Pokemon because, you know, they're trying to break into new spaces, I'm sure. And with the popularity of Pokemon Go, having another major uh, iOS, not iOS, but like mobile game, I think is is kind of huge for that. So tis my pick.
1: Yeah, I think a Genshin Impact to me is the one I'm voting for my predicted pick because I think that has such a big thing. That is such a big game. Um, It continues to be one of the biggest games out there in the world. Um, and I think people love it on a hardcore and a kind of casual level too. I think Pokemon Unite's issue is that once you look to the hardcoreness of it, I think it starts to trail off a little bit of mm-hmm. why people sure. like it. Um, why play Pokemon Unite when you can get a better experience out of League or Dota or another MOBA? Um, but I personally like Pokemon Unite a lot because it's it takes away a lot of the hardcoreness of it which yeah, makes, makes sense. me want to play it. And I like yeah. to just kind of like chill. I play it once or twice a week, p- p- uh, put it on. It's sure. a good game. We're now up to best indie um, for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. Our nominees are 12 Minutes, Death's Door, Inscription, Kena: Bridges Spirits, and Loop Hero. And I'm just going to pencil in 12 Minutes for you, Peter.
0: Justin, jokes aside about how much 12 Minutes sucks shit um can it i mean like the conversation is like can it really be called an indie game with with the like yes it is developed by an independent person but like with the cast of james mcavoy willem dafoe and daisy ridley like is that truly an independent game you know And I know that argument is being made about Devolver Digital as well. And while that about like, yeah, it's an indie studio, it's an indie publisher, but like it's the indie publisher. And then Annapurna is now is, you know, up there as well with being the indie publisher. And then another one of these games, Kina, you know, that was not, it's not a Sony first party game, but it was like they had, they had Sony in their corner, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear that. I, I think with 12 minutes, like specifically with 12 minutes, how that all started as being um, just one guy with a spreadsheet yeah. kind of starting out and how it started eventually, like with most of these, I think, you know, it's hard for a game to be successful without big, big money behind it. Right. Um, right whether it be Annapurna, Devolver. It, it, so all these are either Devolver, PlayStation or Anapurna. Yep. <laughs> um, And with that... I mean, I would probably lean towards this is hard for me thinking about Death's Door and Kena Bridges Spirits um, as being really big, big games. Um, And I think the story of Kena is better than the game of Kena from what I've heard, though I still Mm want to play that. Um, So I would say Death's Door because legitimately Death's Door is probably in my top five of the game of the year. So I'm going to go for Death's Door for both predicted and um, uh, personal.
0: I'm gonna. Pre- I'm gonna say my personal one is Death Store. I'm gonna say. Ooh, I think there's arguments for all of these. I'm probably gonna say that my predicted is going to be Kina, despite the buzz that's been around Death's.
1: Well, oh, there's been a lot of buzz around. It. You just write 12 minutes. It's fine. I won't judge you. <laughs>
0: what a twist! Right? If I was like looked at this, I <laughs> was like 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta respect the, anyway uh, I'm hey, actually I'm gonna, gonna agree way, with you Death not a Death single
1: story. nomination for the medium folks
0: is that an indie studio
1: Bloomberg? no not for this category in general but for any category
0: Uh, well, I mean what would you think maybe music that had uh, the Silent Hill guy
1: you don't like the story but maybe the story
0: you think hmm? I could I could see it I could see it
1: Um, best yeah it doesn't really fit in any of these categories but my game of the year, not listed.
0: I'm sorry to hear that, Justin. I know I know that you think it should have won all of all of the awards, but unfortunately, uh, it doesn't count for best ongoing
1: game. That's our next category though.
0: Yeah, sorry. I should have clarified that. Whoops. Yes. <laughs>
1: best ongoing <laughs> game is awarded for the game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. Apex Legends, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, Genshin Impact, Call of Duty Warzone. Uh, for all the reasons we said before, this category will be Final Fantasy uh, uh, fourteen Online because uh, if I'm correct, it's the oldest game on here. Is that correct?
0: Uh, Yes. I and so.
1: I think the fact that it's even a conversation, a uh, piece nowadays would make me think that it will be that game. Um, but I'm going to say Genshin impact for best ongoing, because I think the, for my personal pick, because I think the amount of like changes and updates that they have done to that constantly are, um, outstanding.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I would say my personal pick is still apex and then I think final fantasy is going to win. Uh, but I think I will say like, this is an interesting category because I think all of the games listed here are contenders. You know, like, I don't think there's an easy pick here. Yep. Um, but yep. I I think it's pretty cut and dry based on that last, um, whatever the category was for that final fantasy 14. All
1: right. Games for impact, uh, for a thought provoking game with pro social meaning or message. Um, the game choices are before your eyes, boyfriend dungeon, chicory, a colorful tale, life is strange true colors and no longer home peter are you gonna put life is strange as the winner of this category
0: (sighs) i'm not i'm not i don't (laughs) i mean i i think that from as i've said before from a representation standpoint i think life is strange true colors is a fantastic game other than that i mean it's got a good licensed soundtrack but i wouldn't say really anything else great about it uh, apparently i'm in the minority here where, where like everyone i've talked to has been like you don't like it and like what did you like um but that's a conversation for another time i'm gonna say that my personal pick although i haven't played it would probably be chicory a wonderful tale a colorful tale excuse me uh from everything i've heard about it, it sounds like a, exactly like my kind of game where it's talking about like um imposter syndrome and and bringing uh you know looking at the world in a different perspective and support and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's wonderful. That said, I think life is strange is going to win simply because people love life is strange. And for whatever reason, people think it's, you know, the best, one of the best games of the year. Uh, I think boyfriend dungeon was a fun idea, but I didn't really like the game part of it. Um, like I tried it out to just so we could talk about it a little bit, but, uh, those are, those are my picks personally.
1: Yeah, uh, Life is Strange, I think, is going to be the predicted winner um, because uh, people do seem to love that game. In fact, um, uh, Archie bought it for uh, Claire for her birthday. um, Cute. And his justification was I is strange, too.
0: Very cute. Very fun. Very flirty. Wrote
1: a little handwritten note and everything. Um, Made me get it. Uh,
0: Question for you. And uh, did he do with his paws or his, his mouth? Well, he marker? has the ability
1: to kind of separate his little, little toe beans a little bit. So oh, he so he, he could really kind of hold it a little bit. Yeah, we, we've been working a lot on it. That's good. Apparently, That's though, good. not enough time on grammar. Um, I would say my uh my personal pick um is kind of hard for me with this one. Um, I did enjoy a lot about Boyfriend Dungeon, and I know that there was the controversy with that game and the ending of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like how they just dealt with you know gender and identity and like who you like and who you don't like was really kind of great in that game because I it agree. wasn't a thing. Um, like it was just kind of like you're playing, you're talking to these people. They didn't make it. They didn't like. It's called Boyfriend Dungeon, which is probably the worst part of the game in terms of 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 its right. like yeah. actual name. Um, so I'm gonna say my personal pick will be that one, even though chicory a colorful tale is downloaded on my p s five and I do hope to play that before the end of the year but dear listener, you might have understood that I have a lot of games I gotta play in three weeks so
0: it, it, how, chicory that's gotta be quick though right gotta be uh
1: I don't believe so oh really no, I think it's like a, a little bit of a um like fifteen hour maybe
0: um eight and a half
1: okay, well, maybe then maybe I can beat that
0: yeah. Longer than you'd think, though. It's yeah. no Turnip Boy. How's that?
1: <laughs> I love that game.
0: can't believe Turnip Boy didn't get nominated for Game <laughs> Come of Come on. And the medium. <laughs> right. Turnip Boy and the medium.
1: Hitboxes <laughs> <is> 2. <laughs> anyway. All right, um, next we have Best Performance awarded to an individual for voice over acting, motion, and or performance capture. Um, Our uh, nominees are Erica Mori as Alex Chen from Life is Strange True Colors, Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo from Far Cry 6, Jason Kelly Kelly as Colt uh, Van in Deathloop, uh, Maggie Robertson as Lady uh, Dimitrescu, you yeah, uh, got Dimitrescu. Dimitrescu in Resident Evil Village. Um, and then Ozioma Akuga as Juliana Blake in Deathloop. Um, I, controversial opinion here, uh, thought Colt was not a great voice actor in that game. Really? Yeah.
0: No. I, it's interesting. Uh, I thought he was good, but I thought Juliana was really good.
1: I agree. I She's agree. And, and My personal I, pick. And I felt like just like playing that game, like you really like got a lot of personality and justification. And when she really does uh, kind of like turn at the end and you kind of understand her motivations a little bit more and why that, that happens, kind of makes sense. Um, and you feel her frustration with a lot of what's happening in that game. Yeah. Um, so I thought she did a fantastic job. Um, I, again, I wasn't a huge fan of Colt as that character. I just feel like it felt a little like stiff for me the whole time. Um, I can't really speak about Alex Chen um, uh, uh, from Life is Strange, True Colors, uh, but I would have to think the winner would be um, Giancarlo Esposito or Erica Mori, um, and I'm going to go with the one that I think is going to be the more critical darling, which is Life is Strange, True Colors. So Erica Mori is going to be my predicted pick, while my personal pick is going to be uh, Juliana Blake.
0: Uh, we are in agreement there. I my personal pick is Julianna Blake here, um, and I think I actually I do think I like Erica Mori's performance in Life is Strange. I simply don't think she has a lot to work with in terms okay. of the script. Yeah. Um, and I also I heard that Giancarlo Esposito isn't really in Far Cry. I mean, like he's in it obviously, but like in the way that a lot of these yeah
1: yeah, yeah you know
0: yeah. big name celebra- uh, big name actors are like he's sort of in the beginning at the end you know whatever
1: all right we are now moving on to best audio design recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design we have death loop forza horizon 5 ratchet and clank ripped apart resident evil village and returnal it's
0: gotta be returnal gotta be returnal The sounds in that game the like yeah it's so good the audio uh, i mean
1: yeah. i would say i could see how forza might do it for sure. people Um, specifically with the quality of detail, like the, the attention to detail on that playground games has with that. Um, but I, I just think the, and I know this isn't part of the category, but like everything that is done with Returnal, um, from what your controller does to what your controller sounding like to all of that stuff is just so awesome. Um, I, I, I think Returnal is not only going to be my personal pick, um, but definitely I think people will nominate it for being special as well.
0: I agree. Uh, my personal pick. It's also the pick. My predicted pick. I will say this though. Uh, what's cool about all five of these games here is that like I can hear individual sounds from all of them. You know what I mean? Like I can definitely hear the um, the little. Uh, Uzi gun from Deathloop that tsk, 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 sound yep. and like um,
1: the, the I, sound I can, of the nail gun in that game
0: yeah yeah uh, I can hear the sound of the shotgun and the the pistol in Resident Evil Village I can hear a lot of the different uh, weapons in Ratchet and Clank but I think Returnal takes it for me because I think the enemies sound so cool and the weapons sound so cool and like each of those different areas uh, it's all cool um, Returnal for me and yeah my predicted my personal
1: All right. Best score in music. Uh, uh, This is for outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. The Artful Escape, Cyberpunk 2077, (laughs) Deathloop, (laughs) Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Nier Replicant version 1.22474487139. What do you think? Oh, my personal pick. You know what it is. It's got to be near, right? It's near, man. Dude, it's it's so got to be It's it is so my good. favorite by like, I mean, that haunting music. I love it so much.
0: Yeah, um, no, but
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm going to say the winner, though, for best score in music is going to be Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, because uh, I think with that soundtrack, I think when people are previewing that game, one of the things they were talking about was how it doesn't like, you know, with the not licensed music, it was just kind of empty. But from again i haven't played this but with this not only this soundtrack being pivotal to a lot of gameplay moments but then as we talked about before um having the star lord music in there um is i think an awesome kind of addition
0: so from people who haven't played the game i've seen a lot of people like upset this this is on here because they're like well it's it's a licensed soundtrack yeah it is but also the 20 track star lord album is like actually really good (laughs) like it's like stupid hair metal but it's like really good um i i i can still hear some of the death loop songs like when things break bad it goes like like i think it has some good stingers and stuff i don't really remember cyberpunk's music and i haven't played the Artful Escape, although i know it's about music music, (laughs) um yeah which uh, you know i i think it's kind of cool but um i think. Guardians of the Galaxy will win because it has a great licensed soundtrack and because it has his original music is also really good. That said New Replicant's music, phenomenal.
1: Don't they use the music? What, do they use the music well? That The licensed music in game, do you think? or?
0: Um. Yes and no. Uh, I think they could have gone deeper with it. I think they could have like used it a little bit more. I think the problem is um, the issue with streaming because when you turn that off, I believe it just changes all the licensed songs to the Star-Lord stuff, and while that's not bad, I think that you're gonna, ch- like, that changes the mood by changing those songs, mm-hmm. so I think they were potentially hesitant. There is a really cool moment, which I don't want to spoil, with a song in the game, um, and uh, that that I I think is one of the more, more memorable parts of it, but other than that, uh, you use, like, you have an option to do this thing called a huddle, where, like, if everyone's injured, you can bring everyone in and you give a pep talk, and if you do, if you select the right, like, pep talk stuff, um, everyone gets like supercharged, fully healed, fully um, all of their like cooldowns have been reset, and then a licensed song kicks on, and like those moments are really, really good. Um, yeah, I, I I totally get why I believe this is going to win. That said, the near stuff like,
1: no, I enjoy that so much. It's I like mean, one of my it, favorite parts of b- that full game. Full
0: body chills with that yeah. stuff. Yeah,
1: especially during um in, in uh, memory montages.
0: <clears throat> all of it. Oh. Ma- I'm not going to do that again.
1: <laughs> um, so, I think this next category, best art direction, is one of the hardest ones. Uh, yeah. And this is for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. Haven't played the Artful Escape, but the whole game is about that. Yep. Uh, Deathloop. <laughs> yep. You have Deathloop, Kena: Bridge of Spirits. Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart. Um, I'm going to take Artful Escape off of this just because I have not played it and experienced it, and I think I can make an argument for my personal and predicted pick for any of the other four much better than that. Yeah. And that's not to discredit the Artful Escape. It's just I, the arguments for this stuff is great. I think Deathloop... I love the vibe of Deathloop. Loop. Style love is how so crazy. You, the, the style of it—you have this like kind of like is like what 60s, 70s inspired like mm-hmm. fe- like like spy feeling to everything. Yeah. The world makes sense. Like the the technology in it makes sense. The magic in it makes sense. It all fits together in a way that is just perfect to watch. Kena, Bridge of Spirits. That game is beautiful. It looks like those yeah. cutscenes looks like a Pixar movie. Um, it, the, you have those little what are those little the 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 rot, the rot which are the yeah. most adorable things I've ever seen in my life. I think Psychonauts two is the shotgun of every single type of visual you can think about in a video game that is just chock full of different images. And I think that game screenshots well. Um, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is beautiful uh the going through the rifts the the how everything works the colors the the guns the everything that goes into that just a visually beautiful game mm-hmm. so if you're gonna put my toes <laughs> to the fire though yeah i say it's got to be psychonauts because i think the the general style of psychonauts um and how psychonauts just has that kind of like uh, almost grotesque, cute look to it in a way. Um, I, I think they do so much with these, like with the worlds themselves being pieces of art and how you're constantly moving through things in very unique and creative way that is literally mind bending. Um, I, I have to go, go th- both give it to a predicted and a personal pick to psychonauts.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, in terms of those visuals. I mean, like, right away, and I know we joked about this in our episode, it's like, it gives that, you know, little content warning saying, hey, we're talking about you, some mental health stuff, and then also, like, there's some fucked up teeth shit. Is that cool? And you're like, (laughs) yeah, what does that mean? And then, like, the first level is, like, the most horrific teeth stuff you've ever seen. And, like, you like, gross, but also, like, I've never thought of that. Like, like, a million years, I would never have come up with those ideas. Um, and, And I think exactly what you say, like, each different level is like a different artistic interpretation of a different thing and a different whatever um yeah i would say that's probably my pick uh just to be for the sake of argument i'm gonna say ratchet and clank uh because of those rifts and because of how cool it was to just like like all those environments are really memorable and unique uh i'm not saying that that's not the case for all these other ones here but i think that how quickly the game cycles through them with that SSD and, and it sort of proving the concept of some of those PS five features, I think um, is going to turn, it has turned a lot of heads. So my personal pick, Psychonauts I my, uh, predicted pick is Rift Apart.
1: All right. Now this, okay. So if anyone asks me why I don't think this has been a great year in video games, it's because of this category. Best, Best narrative, narrative. Yeah. for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game, death loop, it Takes Two, Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Psycho Knots 2. Um, I've not played Life is Strange, but I have major critiques about all of these stories um, with the exception of Life is Strange because I haven't. Well, and, I guess Marvel's Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I but like, So the ones that are sticking out in my head are Life is Strange, True Colors, and Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. A Justin game is going to be marvel's gardens of the galaxy i'll vote for that and then i think the critic darling is going to be life is strange so that's the predicted pick
0: yeah uh i mean death loop is really good in the first half and then like poops the bed in a major way as we yeah. talked about in our episode uh i don't think it takes two should even be on here like what a fucking ho- like probably the best gameplay of the year in my opinion probably the worst narrative of the year <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like it uh, it take, uh what was what that called 12 minutes was not great but um like, truly bafflingly bad narrative. Uh, I also, I mean, I didn't like Life is Strange. Unfortunately, I can't imagine why that's on here either. I mean, I, I know why, because people like that sort of stuff. But um, not really a fan. Psychonauts 2, the, like, the narrative was good, but I don't really remember a lot about it.
1: It's individual moments are strong, yes. but I think as a whole narrative and where it goes and how it ends is not strong. And I feel like the pacing of that story was really bad. Um, oh, the
0: ending was f- so fast.
1: Yeah. So yeah. fast. And even the, the build up to get to the story yeah. was slow. It just is like, an, it was an odd back and forth. I mean, the middle of it was great. I love the middle part. Um, when you were introduced to Jack Black as a character, I think that's when things start to really connect in my head. Um, but uh, yeah, I, again, my, personal pick marvels because i know that will be my favorite and the predicted pick is life is strange uh
0: my predicted pick uh my personal pick uh guardians of the galaxy my predicted pick is guardians of the galaxy i think that has resonated with a lot of people and i think it, because it was so surprising because i think a lot of people were like p- turned it on we're like all right well, let's get through this and by the end we're like i love these guys these g- <laughs> I, I love <laughs> these guys um yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i also think uh returnal should have been in this category but because it doesn't have an in-your-face narrative i understand mm-hmm. why it's not
1: Um, All right, so best game direction is Deathloop. It takes two Returnal, Psychonauts, and Ratchet and Clank Rift apart. And just to be clear, what they mean by direction is awarded for outstanding creative vision, innovative in game direction and design. Um, uh, I I don't
0: know. (laughs) Um, What does does that mean? The only director of these games that I know is. Oh, I know the director from Deathloop because he was in a lot of the marketing material. And then uh, Joseph Ferris is the Light Studio guy who did It Takes Two. I would say you can tell a lot of him in that story. Yeah. And I don't necessarily mean that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would say not It Takes Two. Otherwise, I don't know. Dev loop? <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I would say if I'm thinking about best game direction um, and specifically with with innovation and in game direction and design, mm-hmm. there are two games on here that are truly unique in terms of game design, uh, and that is Returnal and Deathloop. Both are time loop games. Both are very uh, have similar themes to them in terms of them being time loop games, but both are so individually unique from, from each other. Yeah. Um, uh, Returnal, I've never quite seen a game like that before. Um, I think it's really well done how all the different mechanics play into the story, play into the, the action of it. Um, I, I think that game is, is done... Amazingly well for the quality of game that it is. Yep. Um, and you know, as little as Jane Lynch talks in that game, uh, <laughs> the what they do with her as the character, I think in the you know two, uh, not two thirds, but the two fifths of the game that I played, um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed her performance. I enjoyed everything about that, and it just fits together well. Death Loop on the other, on the other hand, for me uh, is such a brilliantly designed game with how open it is and how it allows you to explore. Um, and you know how it has this time loop mechanic that can really changes every day and every hour that you go to a place. And mm-hmm. I think it makes the game so playable and so fun, um, that I was not expecting the game to play as well as it did. And it did play very well. Um, however, I've seen a little bit closer with some of the, um, Uh, Dishonored games I think this one is the best Dishonored game which is not necessarily a I'm not like knocking it for that yeah but in terms of being the the innovation it has to be returnal for me
0: Uh, my personal pick is gonna be returnal because I think like every aspect of that game feels planned out and thought out Uh, like from its narrative to its design and and its gameplay and I I feel like it all really works together um, to aid the experience whereas I think as we said before Deathloop feels like that at first and then i i think it loses a lot of that momentum in the second half in, in from its narrative to its like in-game rewards and stuff like i i completed a really long quest that was for the platinum that you have it has you going to all these different places and doing all these really specific things and then the reward is a purple uh like gun uh, i do forget charm i think
1: that's annoying
0: and it's like that's nothing like, like, yes, that could be good, but we I, I have a thousand of these. It's not unique. It's not interesting. Um, so, yeah, I, I would go with, oh, well, uh, with Double Fine. Who's uh, who's the Double Fine? Who directed Second Hots 2? Tim Schaefer. Tim Schaefer. Like, that's a very clear Tim Schafer game. Uh, so I'm going to go with actually Second Hots 2 is my winner. Uh, but my personal pick is Returnal.
1: Oh, okay. I, for a second, I thought you were going to say my personal pick after all that I said it's going to be Psychonauts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I I prefer Returnal in terms of like all that stuff, but I think that Psychonauts 2 is very clearly a Tim Schafer game.
1: True, true. And, and I see his fingerprint on that, and I can definitely see how that works, but to me, again, this might be me reading too much into the description, it is a better version of Psychonauts 1.
0: Interesting, because I think it's a worse version than Psychonauts 1.
1: In terms of this the stu- do I think well, in terms I, of like design direction oh I, I see D- dire- yeah. design
0: direction yes I agree
1: yeah. um all right game of the year um this is recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields hmm uh, we have Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and do you see that Returnal game on here at all, Peter? Is Returnal on this list? I
0: can't believe it's not on the list,
1: actually. Yeah, shocking, really. Um, I, and again, it would be hard for me to... I w- I don't think I would vote for that game, because it's not my kind of favorite game in the whole wide world, mm-hmm. but with everything that it does, technically, creatively, everything, you would think it would at least got a nod Get here. a
0: nomination, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, pro- like... It, if you had to ask me like which one do i think it would beat Village. out oh oh, interesting i would probably say it takes two because it mm-hmm. takes two is a really okay, fun yeah, game yeah. but i think it drops the ball in like the most major way in the story department and like to the point where it's like laughable
1: yeah know? i i yeah i do find the love for it takes two a little crazy I enjoy playing the game, but I enjoy playing the game because I'm playing it with my fiance. I,
0: I agree. I, I think that I don't think I would like it as much had I not played it with Elena. But yeah. uh, also, I didn't mention this, with the music, Persona 5 Strikers uh, should have been nominated. It has some excellent oh, yeah. music, but yeah. so it goes. Whatever. It's a spinoff not game.
1: people played it, unfortunately, probably.
0: It's a Musou spinoff of Persona 5.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> which you can't play. I mean, it's on Switch, but like you can't play Persona 5, huh?
0: Correct. So anyway, um, game of the no, year, what separate. do you think? What's, Death what's, uh, Loop is going
1: to be the winner. Um, that's yep. what people will do. I, I, I had problems with it, but it's still going to probably be in my top five games of the year, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. um, uh, I, I do not see this, how, how another game in this would, would end up winning. Um, though, I, I think I, you, to, you said this at the very beginning, how this is one of the first years i played all these games.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think I played them all last year.
1: Yeah. Uh, I um, think I missed
0: Ghost of Sujima last year, but weird turned out that game's fucking awesome. <laughs> um who, another who game actually that? that
1: I think should be on this list would be um Deathstore. I, I I find that was one of my favorite games this year. Mm-hmm. Um and I know you had some troubles with some of the bosses uh in the in the game and I had the uh, similar issues uh specifically with Betty the Yeti. You Betty horrible Yeti. human being, Yeti. Yeti. Yeah. You're not a human. I would say um, uh,
0: Forgotten City should be on here as well, but,
1: mm, mm, mm. but I understand, um,
0: like, these are the big AAA games, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, while those indie games deserve recognition, I find that, like, when looking back, they very rarely, unless it's, like, a Hades where it's, like, pretty universally, like, beloved, they really don't make it through to, to the mm-hmm. top category here, yep. unfor- which is unfortunate, because I think and, it would do and a lot for those going back to last games.
1: year, remember Last of Us 1, Part 2? Yeah. Like that was a shocking thing for me a little bit. I was expecting I was expecting, I was to expecting Hades. Hades to
0: be to win it, yeah.
1: Um so I don't know, maybe I'm wrong with Deathloop here, but I don't see anything on here that is like this the same like one two punch necessarily. But my personal pick on this list, um and this might change by the end of the year about what my game of the year is. Mm-hmm. Um I would say in the in the hunt would be Deathloop, Psychonauts, and Ratchet and Clank and Metroid Dread. Um, as ones that might be in a conversation with me but as of today as of the game that i enjoyed playing from the moment to the end to a game that i wish there was more of uh was ratchet and clank rift apart
0: interesting against all odds my personal pick is metro dread <laughs> isn't that wild isn't that freaking yeah. wild uh i mean i liked all of these games quite a bit uh so second that's two now that we get further away from it what a I, I what a delightful game but i think that it doesn't really hold a candle to the rest of these i think it has a fun story and i think it delivers on a really fun idea and i think it's written really well but i don't think like from a gameplay perspective it really does anything i agree i agree it's uh, frustrating
1: to play a lot of the times and that's hard for me to look at positively going back to it
0: and i mean it hardly feels updated from the first game which i mean is good for those people who really like that gameplay but um for me looking at like the rest of these games i I would i would sage is not of the same caliber um yeah i i think you're right about Deathloop. <laughs> i think that that's going to be the one that people pick but uh I, I not a bad I game support but... it
1: i support it like yeah. um yeah. i well i understand it again it might be it might be my top five if not my top three but like uh i soured on the game by the end and i think the promise like with how low my expectations were coming into it and then uh-huh. playing it and really enjoying it and getting addicted to it. But then with how everything just kind of like resolved in itself and, and how I didn't want to get the platinum, um, and go back and finish that stuff. Uh, that was a little bit telling to me. Um, whereas Ratchet and Clank is just a joy from the beginning to end. Beautiful game. Looks like you're playing a, 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 a Pixar movie. I know that, that typical like comment on it, but it's truly a beautiful game to play. Um, and to play and it made me want to uh go back and play it again even after getting the platinum so
0: i agree i, I know what you're saying uh i i will say i think all of these games barring probably it takes two could win
1: uh and i maybe know not it won the too. ultimate game of the year but i don't think resident evil village will win
0: i think i think it's interesting a lot of these games have trouble in the second half uh I, I think resident evil village i think that first half is fucking span, uh, spectacular yep. and then i think by the time after you finish that second uh family member the doll house uh, i think that's when it really loses steam and just becomes a schlocky you know
1: shoot 'em Shooter. up action game yeah i think the part when uh spoiler alert when your baby gets cut in half and your reaction's like what
0: yeah, but that's kind of who Ethan Winters is. Yeah, <laughs> He's true. like Oh no. Or like he shows up at the the Baker, not the Baker, yeah, the Baker. The Baker household. Yeah. Uh in in that first game, in Resident Evil 7. And like his reaction to finding his girlfriend who he thought was dead is like, Mia?
1: <laughs>
0: like, like, oh hey. hey <laughs> Mia. But
1: you trapped in here. Let me let me get you out. That Let's that was
0: <laughs> You're trapped in here, let me get you out is basically every video game ever made
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey this was a long episode
1: hey we got through it though we, we did. did
0: we did and i had a great time uh and i think that this will pair nicely with our conversation about game of the year and our favorites and 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 highs highs and lowest lows that will be coming later in december uh so thanks for sticking around if you did stick around um if you have any interest, you can follow us on Twitter at hitboxpod or send us an email at uh, hitboxofficialpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to tweet at us or DM us or email us uh, about anything, really, we talked a little bit about Dark Souls uh, and then also talked a lot about the Game Awards, uh, which we will have more to say about, I believe, in two weeks once that happens. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll discuss the winners Then we're also going to discuss you know, the big headlines, the big trailers, all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, you, you, can, you can let us know what you thought about any of that on uh twitter or on our email address uh you you're probably listening to this on spotify or apple podcasts it'd be cool if you give us a follow on that platform that would be very much appreciated personally speaking um justin am i forgetting anything got anything else to add here
1: i don't think so i think i think this is a good episode filled with good video games um and uh Makes me also realize I have a lot to do in a very short amount of time. <laughs> yeah, I got a
0: due inscription. And then there was another one on here. <laughs> something. But uh, hey, thanks so much for sticking around with us. We appreciate it. We'll catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. See you later.
1: Bye.